Welcome to As Raw Live. Broadway will be joining me shortly. It's I guess it turns out that Monday is my, my live time. You know, what I mean it's time I'm gonna go live is on Monday. You know why? Because it fits better in Broadway schedule. That's how I ride on my shows. I run my shows on whatever fits better in Broadway schedule. Um, let's see here. Let me send this invite. I send this invite on Twitter. So in case anyone else wants to join, anyone else wants to join in on the conversation. Here. So we got Broadway yet. We don't have him yet. He'll come. He'll be on here shortly. I want to. Sh- I want to check my text, but that would mess up the screen in the back, and then I don't. I just feel like that's too much information on the back behind my head on the podcast, our live podcast. But yeah, so we'll have people join in. We'll uh, if it's just me and Broadway, that's cool. Or if other people join in, that's cool. Whoever it is, we'll have a good conversation, boxing talk. There's a lot to talk about. Good, uh, good fights this weekend. Carlos is here. What's up, Carlos? I'm gonna put the thing right here, Carlos. If you want to join, let me uh, let me put this right here. See, I welcome conversation. See, I, I like I like to hear myself talk, of course, but I welcome conversation. Um, we have Eubank Junior versus Ben, which I think is uh, well, I know it's it's a big fight, like in uh Europe. I know that's a big fight, like in England, but I think it's a big fight just in general, and um. I think it could actually be a very, very good fight, very exciting fight. Uh, Ben's style just leads to exciting fights. Eubank has a style that could be very exciting, but also like when he goes to defensive mode, he's not the best at it to where it's like he's going to be able to move all night and not get touched. Ben's going to be able to get to him. And he and Eubank's the kind of guy that when you get into with that style, he's going to react. And if he gets reacting to Ben's offense, I think we could have some explosive uh, trading. I think both guys will get hurt in the fight. But here's Broadway. Let me add Broadway. Broadway, you hear me? Yeah, I hear you loud and clear, man. How you doing, my brother? Very good. I said that I guess uh, Mondays are my raw my lives now because uh, that fits Broadway schedule better. That's why I said I, I base myself on your schedule now. It does. Unfortunately, I can't go live as far as my uh, <sighs> like my whole setup, but I, I could do this, and you seem not to mind. So. No, uh, I, I like it. I like it. Let's see yeah, if we're gonna if we're gonna be talking boxing, and I like talking boxing with you because me and you. We tend to have enough disagreements where it's entertaining, and you know we, we not not that we disagree on everything. So I'd rather do it on one of our uh, you know pages where we creating content, as opposed to just having fun on the space. I love it. I love it. We got to talk about. So we'll talk about the fights this weekend. But I think the main one that we need to talk about right now is a breaking news that that happened today. Yes, and I think it affects a Dominican fighter in a big way, and just very actually positive news for him if it plays out the way that. It, a lot of people are expecting it plays out. And that is Ray Vargas in a surprise is moving up from 126 to 130 to fight for the WBC belt, the vacant WBC belt. Now, before he moved up, it was supposed to be Oshaki Foster probably versus Oscar Valdez, right? Because Conceição is number two, but I imagine he would drop since his loss to Shakur. Now with Vargas stepping in, he will fight Oshaki Foster for the vacant WBC. And 
basically eliminating top rank of any opportunity of getting this belt. Keeping it on um, the PBC side if Ray Vargas wins and a future matchup for Hector Garcia, who we were just talking about. Yeah. I bet my mic got muted. What are your thoughts on this? I'm like, what the hell happened? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, bro. Yeah, oh yeah, no. So that's that's huge news, right? It was a man. We were talking about like, oh, Hector Garcia. Who's he gonna fight? What's the match that makes sense? And now Vargas is putting himself, um, really like really very smartly, uh, putting himself in a good spot at both 130 and 20, 126. Because I, I did, I did tweet at uh, Jake Donovan, asked him, you know, is that mean he's dropping the belt? And they said that that wasn't. He said to be determined. So that's not for sure yet that he drops the belt. Ooh, Art, Art Man the Great listening in. That's the first time I've seen Art Man listen in. I appreciate Art Man. I was about to work on your research for this for this one. I, I wish I did if I knew you were tuning in. Um, but uh yeah, so what do you what, what do you think? Uh well, I like you said, I do like the the fact that there's an opportunity for unification with uh well if Vargas wins, which I think he does, I do think that Foster is a good fighter. I think it's an easy win, especially if this is his first fight. Uh, Ray Vargas, that is, his first fight at 130. I don't think this is a gimme fight, but I would favor Vargas. Um, and like you said, I do think I do look at this as a good opportunity in the future for, for Garcia, who doesn't have an obvious opponent one it, that that would that really makes sense for his career. Like, you know, it's not like 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 he has a, a, a big money fight or a unification fight. Lumen is like, as of right now, everybody keeps asking me when I'm on these Twitter spaces, hey, man, I know you're connected with Garcia. Like, who's he going to fight next? And it's kind of like, I don't know. I Like, not even he doesn't even know. So, uh, yeah, there was nothing that, like, was clear standing out, right? There's nothing really clear standing out for him to fight. I mean, like I said, we kept bringing up the Colbert, uh, Colbert rematch because that was really the only name that really stood out at that division that they have on their side that could make sense. Yeah. But uh, the fact that the title could stay there on on his side and they can unify him, that, that's huge news. That, that's freaking, that worked out perfectly. It's actually just a master maneuvering by PBC. Uh, and something that kind of top rank is pretty good at is maneuvering themselves uh, to get titles when they're going to go vacant or, you know, put themselves in the right position. And PBC just outclassed them in this one. I mean, PBC just did some chess moves on this one to to get about at 130 or try at least to get about 130. Yeah. And, and, and again, I do think they get, I'm actually going to contact uh, Garcia tomorrow. It's a little too late to contact them today, but I'm going to contact them tomorrow about uh, setting up the interview. Or just having a conversation in case, I don't know what's his schedule like and how busy he is. But I definitely want to tell him and educate him because, you know, I'm not sure how closely he follows the boxing news and the politics of boxing and how things work. But I definitely want to interview him and tell him, hey, man, stay at 130. There's a a real possibility that he can become undisputed because I don't know if you got the news. Um, Joe Cordina, who holds the IBF, though. Yeah, he pulled out. He pulled out, and the IBF stripped him. Now Rakimov is going to fight. Uh, forget the guy's name. Yeah, have it right here. Wait a second. One second. Uh, Rakimov is going to fight. Oh, Belfort. Uh, 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 what the heck's his name? Not Belfort. Um, Barrett. Barrett. Yeah, Z- uh, Zelfa Barrett. I mix. Yeah. So I'm not sure who who's who's he's. They're, with. they're both matchroom. Yeah, Zelfa but Barrett. I don't think he's. 
I, I, if I'm not mistaken, he's I've never seen him fight, but I'm I'm pretty sure he's a less tough opponent than Cordina would be. Am I all faith saying that? I think so. I think so. Yes, Zalfa Bear hits pretty hard. I remember he was uh Zalfa Bear was upset. Let me pull him up real quick. I know he had a he had an upset. I'm trying to think if he was outboxed or knocked out. It's one of those. We'll see because he's a he's a power puncher himself. Okay. All Let's right. See here, Alpha Barrett was no. He no mid, uh, majority decision to Ronnie Clark. So no, Alpha Barrett's been on a good winning streak. So I don't know. I honestly, I, I never really uh, knew that Cordina was going to be as good as like he looked in his last fight, right? When he landed that big shot. So you know, I yeah. think Alpha Barrett might, might be in in line with how good he is. We will have to see. Let's see how okay. that fight goes. Well, well, all right. Well, fair enough. But what I will say is that I, I expect, I, I, I expect Rackamoff to get that win. And Rackamoff is with Igis Klimas. Igis does business with PBC. So that's another belt at one thirty that can be positioned for Garcia if you know, if uh, let, let's say the Ray, Var- Ray Vargas lose and then uh, Foster takes those belts to Probellum. And is not willing to work with people, so he's in a good position. And if both, both everything lines up, he could easily become a three belt unified champion. And then it could make sense to fight for undisputed. Maybe he'll go to, ES, maybe PVC or send him an ESPN or, or vice versa. Or you know, even if he just stays with three belts, moves up to the lightweight. He's I'm moving up as a three a three belt unified champion. I'm not moving up as a, you know, a top contender or a guy who just had a couple good wins so he's positioned very very well and and i'm excited because he's the best dominican boxer right now regardless of my opinion as to who has the highest potential or who i think hits the hardest who has the best defense who has uh, it, it, like the same way you have your your pound for pound list as resume mm-hmm. and if we're going by resume there's no dominican that even comes close to what Garcia. No. Yeah, you're right, hundred percent. Garcia is number one right now, and uh, the thing is too is like you know I you know me I don't I don't really care about the belts I I I put them like secondhand, but the belts work uh, for a guy like Garcia right that probably wouldn't get the uh, the spotlight if it weren't for winning the belt right for winning uh, getting an upset, and if he could become undisputed because he would not have. Really, nothing in his favor as far as like, oh, he has a lot of media attention. He people, uh, he just doesn't have any of those things in his favor. He, everything he had to get is basically uh, well earned. There was no no really shortcuts for him besides like taking. If you consider taking a late notice fight against a tough opponent, a shortcut, I don't. I think that's a really tough thing to do. Yo, if bro. he became undisputed with that, I mean, that's a, that that's a, a pretty uh, remarkable story, right? Uh, of him becoming undisputed. Absolutely, he'll be the first. Well, we in Dominicans, we had one undisputed fighter in the '60s in the two belt era. Yeah, but not the four belt era, which is and I not mean, the three. So he'll be the first in the three or four belt era to become undisputed. And to be honest, right? So he got that fantastic against Gutierrez, uh, where he dominated and clearly won that fight. And I'm expecting his his numbers to grow. Yo, I screenshot his. So I did something where I screenshot his Instagram followers before, right? And I wanted to see how much it was going to grow. It grew like 200, 200 followers. It didn't really do much for his career, to be honest with you. But I feel like if he was to get three belts, it like, you know, you're going to get keep getting pressed, keep getting noticed. And mm-hmm. I'm 
having you on my channel. Every every chance I get, I'm talking about him on these spaces. He he'll start growing, and then he's already the best Dominican. But that would just solidify. Like I'm the first undisputed champion ever in the in the belt era, three belt era that come out of this country. Like I I I hope that does happen. Yeah, it's a it's an insane story. It's a really crazy story, really good story, and uh, hopefully you know like. Uh, it looks like Showtime's positioning themselves. I mean, in uh, PBC, I'm saying, is positioning themselves uh, to make the you know that fight uh, in the future, right? To make that uh, make that matchup with him and Vargas if Vargas wins, and hopefully they get behind that story because that's a it's a it's a really uh, one of those improbable stories that no one saw coming. And now look at the opportunity this guy's in. So yeah, that was I thought that was really cool. Just honestly, just the maneuvering that they did to get to this belt that no one saw coming. No one saw Vargas moving up to take the, a shot at this vacant belt. But maybe we should have when the Santa Cruz and him and the Santa Cruz fight uh, fell through the cracks because it all seemed like they were heading in that direction. And suddenly that fight wasn't happening and no one could kind of like understand why it wasn't happening because it was definitely a fight they wanted to make. It was definitely a fight that they were hoping to make so they didn't have to make the Santa Cruz versus Lay Wood fight. But when that fight didn't happen, there had to have been reason and no one really had it until we found out today. I mean, but... If if that's the reason why he moved up, I, I, why not fight Brandon Figueroa? That's a good fight. Like that's you talking about for Vargas? Yes. Like if you're telling me he just moved up because he wasn't getting the the yeah, I think I think there's a, like a point where a guy looks at it and he says like, what's a bigger move for my career? Like right? Because like you can fight Brandon Figueroa. That's that's a good fight, but that fight's not really going anywhere. Like that fight's still gonna be there for him later and. Figueroa could build himself up a little bit more than just coming off the Fulton loss and then the one fight that he had. But maybe he sees his, like, let him get another win. Maybe where it's like Max Isle, right? If he fights Max Isle. And then he bits and then I could come back and fight him, or I could come back and fight Leo Santa Cruz if he beats Lay Wood, or I could fight Hector Garcia. Like, he really just puts himself in a, a thing where he has so many opportunities. You know I, what I, I mean? No, no, I, I get what you're saying. I just look at it like, all right, to me, and we had this conversation, I forget when it was, but to me, the featherweight division is hot. So why'd you leave in the hottest division to jump into the old division? He might not be leaving, though. That's why I asked Jake Donovan, is he dropping the belt? He said he does, that hasn't been determined yet. He might not be leaving. He might just be keep, trying to keep two belts at, at one time in two different divisions. He's probably, you know, those guys in those weight classes have to, and especially a guy like Ray Vargas, who isn't a huge name, never probably will be a big name. Um, He has to do things that will make him stand out. And this is something that will definitely make him stand out. If he could start uh, winning at 130 and at 126 and hold both belts at the same time, and that will always constantly have opponents for him that are coming after him because he'll have to fight mandatories. And mandatories are good for a guy like that. You know what I mean? So yeah, it constantly uh, will have him in the spotlight. In a way, so yeah, I don't, I don't think, he, I don't think he's leaving 126. Personally, I don't think he's dropping that belt. I think that they're going to work it out that he could keep that belt, and he's just going to wait for uh, Brand Figueroa to get another win, or for um, Leo Santa Cruz to get finish uh, settle where he got to lay wood and then fight him. I mean, I, hey man, honestly, uh, I mean, to, not, as we're talking it out, I'm like, he is a bit boring. Not, not, not that's that's sorry. Excuse me, I did not say that. He is a bit of a boxer, and and the 126 is a lot of like offensive fighters. I kind of happy he leaves to 130, so we can get these action fights between these 126 guys, you know. So from that, from a fan's perspective, it probably benefits us for him to move up 
Did you think? Did you did you think him and Maxile was pretty exciting? Because I thought that was a, actually a pretty entertaining fight. Him and Maxile. I didn't think that that was you know what people were expecting as far as like him boxing. So I thought he kind of sat on his stuff a little bit. You you know what's funny? I actually didn't see that fight. I oh had, really? Oh, go no, back and watch that one. That's a good one. I, I had a wedding to go to, so oh, okay, okay, that, that yeah. So I actually miss it, and I actually have it DVR'd. And I saw the first two fights. I saw the Figueroa fight, and I saw the uh, Frank Martin fight. And you know, I, you know, when you got DVR, you can just pause it, watch it. Yeah, up. yeah. I just haven't gotten around to watching it, but now that you're bringing it up, I, I'll watch it. But I did watch the Frank Martin versus Jax Mariñas and uh, good fight. Yeah, uh, and Jackson Mariñas, he took that fight on one day notice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, he, got, and he, he showed his level in that fight. I thought he was looked very good in that fight. I thought he looked, he looked very, good. very good. good. He gave Frank Martin trouble. Yeah. Um, I'm, I don't think it was a – I don't think he was like, oh, if if he wouldn't have gotten knocked out, he would have won the decision. I don't think it was that close. No. But I do think he, he – listen, to me, he, he deserves another shot. Yeah, he got knocked out by Coleman. Yeah, he got knocked out by Frank Martin. But based off how he performed against Roley and how he performed against Frank Martin, I think I think I think uh, uh, we shouldn't throw him in the trash, man. Like that's still somebody we still should be given opportunities, considering he took a fight on one day notice, man. Yeah, no. And the thing is, I see you see these guys and they're the underdog. They're supposed to lose. Right. And they go in there and they're on TV. They're on a card like that's, you know, what the main event that everybody wants to see. And then these dudes will like just be happy losing a decision in that. And I don't understand that because if you're going to lose, that's fine. Like it's fine to lose, but you have to start looking at your, your boxing like a career, right? And it's like, how am I going to get paydays for this career by being entertaining? And even if you lose, but you're entertaining in it, I imagine they put you back on TV. I yeah. imagine that they're going to be like, you know what? That guy, even in a loss, I want to see him again. Cause you get like top rank recycles, the guys that lose all the time. And they recycle the guys that lose, like, at least entertaining, right? At least go for it. Like, I don't understand the guys in the corner just like, okay, well, I would tell them, like, hey, man, like, you trying to fight on TV again? Are you trying to get another opportunity beyond this? Because even if you lose, I got, you got to look like you, there's something here that maybe someone could build on. Or there's something here where people want to see it again, right? Even if you're going to lose again. And these guys, I don't, I don't get that. Like, I just, I just, I honestly just, I don't get that thought process. I, I, I let, let, let me, let me, this is a perfect example of what you're saying. So my father... He was doing business with this fighter. And uh, I don't know. Uh, you know Ivan Redcatch, right? Yes, I do. So Ivan Redcatch, he started his career like 14-0 with 14 knockouts. Oh, oh but he was 14-0 with 13 knockouts. But one of the the, the one that wasn't a, a knockout, the other guy got disqualified. So it wasn't like, you know, it went to decision. The other guy disqualified himself. I forget how. I think I think <laughs> I think he might have bit Red Catch. I, I could be wrong, but I know he got himself to swallow. So my father's fighter is fighting Red Catch, and uh, he's like he's a journeyman, but he's like one of those tough guys. Like you, you, you know, you you got to earn your money. And he, it was a, I believe it was an eight round fight, and it, I might I think I had it five three, and even the one the rounds that Red Catch won, he was like. You know, he was still having to earn his money. He took a lot of body shots and and overhand rights and stuff like that. And this was a Lou DeBella card. Lou DeBella after the fight. So, he, long story short, I'm making this story longer than it should be. Long story short, he he uh, he breaks the streak. The, the fight goes to decision. Red Catch wins. And uh, Lou DeBella is the promoter, so he gives 
he gives uh, my father's fighter his check and gives him another check on top of it. Just like, hey, man, you, you, I'm glad you didn't come here just for a fucking paycheck and get knocked out in the first round. You came here to, like, really, like, you know, to put on the show. Like, it was, yeah. it was a really entertaining fight, and he broke the streak, and he tried to win the whole time. So he gave him, I forget how much it was, but it was, like, an extra 1000 or 2000 And it was, this fight was, like, in, in December, like, 10th. So it was right before Christmas. So it was like perfect timing, like, and, and and I'm pretty sure that's not the first time something like that has happened. No, that's what I'm saying. Because these guys are putting on cards; they wanted to be entertaining, like they wanted to be entertaining. And even if you have a guy that's an opponent, you want him to at least take a chance. You know what I mean? Usually these guys that come and they just dance around for 12 rounds and know how to survive. Because that's the thing people realize. Like I remember when they were blaming Ryan for the to-go situation. It's like, hey, when a guy's a veteran and he knows how to survive. And he knows how to avoid danger. He's really, he's really hard to open up. Like he's really hard. Like, oh, I'm gonna find the openings on him. No, like these guys have been doing this for so long. If they choose not to fight, they can almost make a fight not happen. Okay, they could make it make it very ugly. And that's what happened in that fight. And there's a lot of guys that do that, and I don't understand because I'm like, what's the point? Okay, you'll get this little payday, but don't you want at least to have other opportunities to get more paydays? That's the part I, 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 don't get. I agree. Now, uh, Golden Boy, which was a promoter for that fight, is. Never gonna give to go another fight. No, no, no. Why would and why would they? He did, he doesn't he didn't earn, he did not earn any more screen time. And I don't think anyone is like, oh, you know, the 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 guy that fought um Estrada last, right? I believe his name is I want to say it's like I keep saying Corgi, but I know it's not Corgi. Argy, Argy Cortez. I'm pretty sure that's the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah, yeah. yeah. The fight was amazing. He, he put an excellent performance on. Even in the loss, he put an excellent performance on. He stood in my mind. I want to see him again. I'm interested in seeing what happens in his career. I want to see him fight the guy that Bam just fought. Uh, the guy that is Rob, Gonzalez. And you know what? The, the the funny thing is I was like, oh, that, those guys make a good fight. And I was going to tweet it. But I was like, you know what? Let me look it up because I bet these guys fought before. Just because all those guys in that weight division fight everyone. Yes, it would be a rematch if they fought each other. But I want to see it. Put that on the zone. Like those two guys put on good performances against some of the best guys in the world at that weight division. They they didn't go there to lose. They had a the whole time they thought they were gonna win. There was never a round where they thought, oh, I'm gonna lose this fight. Put those guys versus each other and let them continue their career because those are two guys that are gonna put on a show. Like that entertainment value, that's gonna be there. Nah, for sure. I agree. I, I totally agree. I, I, I there was another guy. He it was like this guy's record was like. 35 and 11 or something like that. And he fought on the undercard of Mungia last, not his last fight, the last fight he had in Mexico, which I think it was two fights ago. Okay, yeah, because I remember Cepeda was on the undercard as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget it. I forget who it was, uh, like who he fought, but he fought like a prospect and he lost. But one, it was a violent, entertaining fight. And two, the guy never quit. The guy, and I forget the guy's name. I, I'm doing a bad job because I'm like, oh, no, no, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not remembering the name. But I remember, I remember I was on the space while watching. And uh, me, Truth, uh, and Aaron, those are the two, the, the, the two other people that I remember that were watching, were on the space while we were watching it. And we were all reacting to it. Oh, and Tracy, we were all like, "Man, I want to see this guy again." Like, I don't. I listen, man. I understand you're gonna match your fighters up when they're coming up against fighters who are not that good. But if you can match them up with fighters who are not that good but are entertaining, 
shit. That makes me happy. I, 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 I'll be uh, the consumer in me as a consumer of your content. I will be more happy with what you're delivering. You know, honestly, like I, I always thought this, and I don't know why people don't do it. And it's kind of like what I was doing with that other matchup, right? But you could even do it like with like guys that are, are even lesser than them. If you have a guy that's like, oh, this guy's entertaining, he's gonna keep coming forward, and then you fight another uh, another card, right? We have an A side, and then there's another guy that comes forward, and they both lose, and you have you have spots to fill on these cards that you can waste, right? Why not give the fans an entertaining fight with those two guys that are B side, maybe even C side, and put them against each other? Like oh. what? What what uh, why are we against entertainment? That's what I understand. Like the top rank cards are cool, right? But they're they're just building their prospects. Like you're just gonna see a bunch of squash matches. Yeah, right? that's all you're gonna see. Why not fill in two guys that you're like, listen, they're probably never gonna amount to like stardom or a champion, but we they might give us Ward Gotti. You know what I mean? There's a possibility Ward Gotti breaks out in this fight. Why wouldn't you do it? It's a low. It's low. It's not going to be expensive because they're already opponents. They don't expect big paychecks. You could probably get them on a really uh, promotional friendly deal and just have those two guys fight each other. I, it makes no sense to me. Like you got to start matching up talent level too. like two B sides, two C sides, two low level fighters fighting each other. You're probably going to get a competitive fight. I don't the, get why they're against that. The thing is, we used to get fights like that all the time back in the Friday Night Fights era. Yes, yes. Friday Night Fights was good good for that, yes. Like, I'm going to mention a few fighters who never became champion, but you are going to know who I'm talking about. Look, Pavel Wolak, he never became champion. Delvin Rodriguez never became champion. Both these guys had a fucking absolute war, a fucking fight of the year on ESPN for free. Uh, Emmanuel Augustus and Mickey Ward, they had a fantastic fight on ESPN. And these are quote-unquote journeymen, whatever you want to call them. But these are guys that we as fans, if we saw them in the street, we would want to take a picture with them just, just because we're hardcores and we know who they are. And these dudes never became champion. Now, there's no more Friday night fights. There's no more uh, uh, platform for that mid-level or even lower level fighter that's entertaining. Uh, I, I was hoping that Ring City could become something like that. Ring they City, were trying to. They were trying to. Yeah, Ring City was putting on some good cards. They were. They were. You know, not not everybody there was a superstar, and I appreciated that. I'm like, yo, okay. And again, you never know. Like, look at uh, what's his name, Carlos Molina. He had a bunch of losses, and then eventually just meh, worked his way up and became a champion. Yeah, it's because it also too, like, people forget to like the boxing is like a long journey, right? Like your career. And if you just throw every guy out because they have a loss or two losses or go like on a little rough skid, you never know when someone's going to figure something out. And like like you said, Carlos Molina figure, figured a lot of things out with his style. And and guys like that, once they figure it out, they could become dangerous for a lot of guys. Yeah. And, um, and another guy like that is Glenn Johnson. Yo, Glenn Johnson yes. had 15 losses or something like that, but he, he was entertaining. He fought everybody. And I, I, anytime he was on my screen, I was happy. And Glenn Johnson, when he, when the, when he, by the time he got to Tart, when they fought him and Tarver fought, I mean, he was a damn good fighter. He was one of the best fighters in the world, in my opinion, at that point. Like he really was. He had really figured it out. Everything with the style. He had. He was confidence was there. His timing was there. Like I just watched the Tarver, uh, him and Tarver fight the first time. I believe. It was, yeah, I believe it was the first one. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, this is a good fight. Like, you forget how good that fight was, how back and forth that was. There was another guy like that, and I believe Tim Bradley fought him. And I'm trying to think what it is. I think it was called, like, he had, like, a really interesting nickname. But something about, like, the universe or something like that. Um, what was that? He was, like. Nate Campbell? 
Yeah, Nate Campbell. Exactly. Yeah, Nate Campbell. What was Nate Campbell's nickname? Uh, I forget his nickname, but it it it, it was like uh, uh, I forget what his nickname. I had to look it up now. Let's see here. Nate I just Campbell. know he always wore, he wore, the Galaxy Warrior. That's the exactly Galaxy what it was. Warrior. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He wore a lot of purple for whatever reason. I remember he did. Well, the Galaxy like space. I guess that's what. He oh, I see. I didn't even put two and two together. You're right. Yeah, but see, he's that kind of guy. You know what I mean? Like, and uh, Mickey Ward is that guy. I mean, Mickey Ward. If you just give up on him and you just say like, "Nah, I don't want to see this guy," like you don't get the war. You don't get the Gotti fight. You get what I'm saying? So I don't understand why these guys like. Well, okay, we don't have Friday Night Fights anymore. But why would you throw away the blueprint that was obviously working for Friday Night Fights? Friday Night Fights didn't get canceled. If you know that, like it didn't get canceled. They just changed their business model because people were watching this. People were entertained by this. Like, why throw that completely away? It doesn't make sense to me. It, 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 what happened was uh, ESPN went through a big shift at one point where they fired a bunch of people. And it was like, it was just a whole new staff. It, it, it wasn't necessarily like we look at ESPN like, oh, under all oh, oh, one umbrella. But really, it was it was like if if, you know, if you moved out your house and other people moved in, you know, your house is going to look different. Even though it's like, oh no, but that's Ezra's house. No, that no. Well, I mean, I, I guess he owns it. He's renting it. Yeah, out yeah, but it's, uh, it's different now. So that's exactly what happened. So, so well, remember too that uh, PBC bought time on their network, and then that was what they switched Teddy Atlas and them to covering the PBC fights. Yeah. So what happens? And that's another thing. They probably saw like, wait a minute. So we got people buying time on our on our channel. Is like maybe our, our we're more valuable. Boxing is more valuable than we think. And then yeah, they, exactly. And then they and then they bought and then they got the deal with network deal with uh, top rank and they just locked them in and that was it. But man, yeah, the, but there is a like I said, there is a model there that I don't understand that boxing could do a lot more of. Like, well, the thing is, I think uh, the one that kind of has it kind of figured out is Golden Boys doing like those midweek shows, and oh, that's I definitely the more Friday night fights. I love. It. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But but you know, I I want like some a channel like CBS or NBC, just put on a low budget, a low fucking budget where you get these types of fights where it's just entertainment value, and I guarantee you, it'll little by little grow. And another thing that Friday Night Fights had that was good, is that it was great for hardcores, man. Brian Kenny used to bring us great interviews. He used to have these heated debates with Max Kellerman. Uh, you know, educated de- uh, debates. Uh, same thing with, with Teddy Atlas uh, back when he was bearable. You know, like, there was, they would be talking about the, the featherweight division where, you know, if you go on first take or one of these, you know, like, channels that they talk all sports, like, they'll talk Canelo. Well, they'll talk Canelo, the welterweight division, which is Crawford and Spence, and the heavyweights, and that's it. Yeah, well, right now, if I still were, like, better than anything, and this is what the zone, like, so the thing is weird about the zone is they're, like, not trying to adjust in any way to fix their broadcast because the broadcast is horrible. Like, it just is. It's just one of the worst broadcasts. It, it, they're they're for sure last zone? right now. Huh? The zone. Yeah, the zone. The zone's broadcast ESPN. is horrible. ESPN is the worst. You think ESPN is worse than the than zone? I, I do. I do. Okay, well, let me my complaints with the zone because this is what the one thing that Friday Night Fights did very well. They mixed. Friday Night Fights mixed a studio show with a live boxing card. Like you're saying, they would bring in news, they would bring in topics, and also have a, a fight card going together simultaneously. And it would work perfectly. And no one has really been able to do that. Now, the, what they do now, and DAZN does it the worst. Well, DAZN would just have awkward 
videos have awkward like interactions between their two uh between their anchors that just doesn't work they have no chemistry they're they they're panicky because they have no like script to read no fight in front of them um pvc does the porter and that girl that they they talk and they you know that that's all right that's that that's uh, that's more bearable they do interviews that are pretty good at sometimes brian custer's the best at like doing that uh in between the fight type of thing but espn used to do like a live studio show where they were like doing uh actual news actual conversations like a podcast more like even like a podcast form more like pti in between the fights that that right there was second to none we we need the zone needs a good more to something like that i already said they need to have people that are comfortable doing a podcast to talk in between their fights because they have so much long gap between their fights they need someone to have a conversation an argument before the fights and talk about everything don't just talk about your stuff talk about everything because there's no reason why not the boxing fans just want to hear boxing no, no. I, hey, listen. If you telling me that the zone could replicate what we was getting in Friday night fights, I will be happy for it. Because I feel like it, it, it's missing that that that. that if if there's anything, you know how like I don't want to sound like an old guy, but you know how like people be like back in my day. Mm-hmm. If there's anything from quote unquote back in my day that I miss, it's Friday night fights. Now, obviously, there's a bunch of corrupt shit that used to be happening back then. That is still happening back now. It's still happening now. But if there's anything I could bring back, with the exception of you know these exclusive network deals, but you know like if excluding that, if there's anything I could bring back from my days, is that bring back when Friday night fights was was, was you know was, was necessary. And, I'm and, with you on this. I'm with you on this for sure. Yeah. And, and I, the thing is, this, you know, you said like the networks get behind it, like NBC and all that, just because like their airtime is so expensive that it's never going to work correctly. Like they'll never do it because they need like they demand the ratings that boxing can't deliver consistently when it's not like a big fight. But if one of these streaming services like a Peacock or even like Amazon Prime, one of these streaming services who just needs to fill some space, they have a lot of content. They just need another live sport that kind of brings fans consistently. If they could just start offering boxing in one of these like pvc needs more airtime obviously they need more airtime if they could just get on one of these things and do something like that i think that's where the answer is no no i uh, hey man it, it like i said if they can make it happen i'm all for it but but let me tell you why espn is the worst out of all of them oh yeah tell me why. Yo, when, when you listen to an ESPN broadcast, you, you can hear the fucking money being exchanged. <laughs> Yo, bro, these dudes be so biased. Joe Tessitore be like, I, I mean, damn, they like Bob Aaron must be really paying this dude a lot of money. This dude be straight favoring him. Same thing with Tim Bradley. And, and, and uh, Andre Ward's scoring is horrid. Uh Andre Ward complains if there's an entertaining fight. He wants all everybody to be a boxer. I, I can't. I can't do it with it. I, listen, and you know what's funny? And when Andre Ward was on HBO, yo, I loved him on HBO. I I, I can't stand him on ESPN. And Tim you Brown was horrible, man. You know why he was so good? Because everyone's good on HBO. You think Lennox Lewis? Lennox Lewis was good on HBO. He's horrible on Fox, right? I, but Lennox I, was really I, good on HBO. I, I, I never liked Lennox or Roy or Roy. You didn't like Roy either. Well, I thought they were pretty good. And I thought they were really good because Jim Lampley was running the show, right? Like he was running the show and he would know to toss it to this guy. And he's just going to be good at this one specific specific thing. Right now, Andre Ward just talks. And no one's really like telling him like, oh, Ward, let me ask you this question because I know this you'll be able to highlight this situation. 
No, they're not doing that. Like, they're just kind of like allowing everyone to talk. Now, I think Tim Bradley by himself is very good. I thought, honestly, Teddy Atlas was one of the best guys to call a fight. I really liked him. I liked his emotion in it. I thought they, were, even if like you didn't agree with him, he was like at least engaging. He was at least having making you think. But, but, I, think the, I mean, the, I mean, I always felt like he was too critical on a, on the boxers. Like, if you know, not not every fight is gonna be a fucking war. You don't have to complain and say you're gonna fall asleep and this is horrible. Does he know that fans? paid tickets and he should exchange more and i'm like bro like it's a second round and that's not his style with not every fight i'm listen don't get me wrong if everybody's fighting like regal we got to start complaining but it will be a, a you know a decent fight nothing crazy but it's a decent fight and he'll be just be complaining the whole time how it's boring but yeah, what i did, he did yeah what i did like about him is that a lot of times he broke shit down from a trainer's perspective because say whatever yeah. you want about teddy he was he's a good trainer like, say yes. what so he would break things down and I'm like, oh, shit, like I, I ain't even look at it like that. You know, I'm pretty knowledgeable boxing fan, but I'm like, I ain't even look at it like that. And then he'll be like, hey, listen, he keeps bringing that left hand down. He's going to get caught. And then, boom, he gets caught. I'm like, oh, shit. So I do like that about him. Yeah. And that's the thing. And the thing is, though, he's he's making a choice, right? He's like whether like, oh, I don't agree with him or not. At least, like I said, he's making you think he's something interesting. I think Joe Goosen at times has that. I think Lennox kind of holds back Joe Goosen. I think uh, Brian Kenny hold back Joe Goosen a little bit. Um, the zone, like I said, I think their whole broadcast is just an absolute mess. I don't. I think the guy that calls their fights uh, Gresham does has no concept of boxing. He has no concept of boxing oh. at all. Doesn't know the rules. Doesn't know anything. It doesn't make a, a an effort to even learn the sport further than what he knows. That's so that, that true, bro. Come on, man. That's not Gresham. Grisham is horrible. The other day he asked if you hit someone in the butt, is it a low blow? Okay, this guy is he has no concept of the sport that he is calling. He has absolutely no concept of it. And I you, like Grisham. I actually like Grisham. How? How do you like Grisham? I, 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 I can't see anything that's salvageable. Nah, see me, I, the thing is with the zone is I, I like them individually. I just think that the chemistry's not there, especially between Mannix and Mora. They want to fucking argue on air. It's like when has there been that been entertaining? Like that's something George George Foreman and, and Larry Merchant used to do all the time. Like, yo, bro, I don't want to hear you guys bickering back and forth like a bunch of bitches, bro. Like, oh, if you have a disagreement, just you know, say it real quick and just keep moving, not argue about it for the whole fucking round. Oh, I kind I kind of love that. But like I said, I don't know. Yeah, we like different things, bro. We like different things. That's what it is, man. Who, who do you say the best in the game is right now? Showtime, Showtime is the best. But I'm saying like, okay, oh yeah, I, I like Showtime a lot too. They, they they definitely play it safe. They definitely are professional about it. I think Paul Malnagi was really good when he was calling oh, it. He let life get get in the way of uh, you know, he just talked too much on things he didn't know, and that that messed it up. But when he was calling it, he was very good. I actually think that um, what's his name was really good when they had him um. The magic man, uh, Tarver. Antonio Tarver was Tarver, good. Tarver was good. Tarver was good. I, I mean, I, I listen to me. Paulie was the best athlete uh, commentator, but best boxing commentator, like you know, that actually fought. To me, he was number. He's my number one. Now, yeah, I don't agree good. with a lot of the stuff he said, so I'm not here to discuss that. I'm talking about in terms of yeah, yeah, no, no, no. He was good. And behind the mic, he was the best. Yeah, he was really good. He was really good. Oh, I wish you, I, I wish you could have. And I'm a 
big I'm a big fan of Al Bernstein. I really, really like Al Bernstein. I like Al Bernstein a lot too. I like yeah, Al Bernstein. I, and you know what's better is Mars. Mars is getting better slightly, but he's he's finding a little rhythm in there. Yeah, Mars is good. Mars, I, I I I've actually never had a problem with Mars. He he's like good. I wouldn't say he's like Paulie, you know, but he's good. He's good. I like Paulie. Yeah, at you, first I was like Mars is horrible at this, but then I was just realizing like, he just needs a few uh, a few attempts at it to kind of figure it out. You know what's funny, right? So uh, I had seen a fight, like, so quick quick story. So I had watched every Julio Cesar Chavez championship fight because uh, I, want, I wanted to be as educated on, because whatever, I had, like, a scoring system I wanted to have, like, on, like oh, is this a quality win, a regular win? Uh, oh, yeah, that's what I do, the notable wins. Yeah, so but, but I had it broken down, like, into, like, five different types of wins you can have five different types of losses you can have you know two different types no three different types of draws you can have so yeah so i i was doing that it, it was way too much work so it, <laughs> not but anyways point is i saw every single championship fight julio cesar chavez did had and one of them uh mike tyson was the commentator and he was doing a great job like this is a young Mike. This is like 19. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he told the story on on the, on uh, while commentating how he got invited by Chavez to go to Culiacan, Mexico. So he said he went out there and visited him, met with his family, and how they walked the streets of Culiacan and they were getting mobbed by fans, and how they had like a really good. Uh, relationship as friends back then back in the 80s and i was like yo had i not decided to do all this i wouldn't have heard that story and uh but yeah and he did a really good job commentating yeah you know what's funny is uh what i think is uh rolled right rolled is the one on twitter that works uh he's a writer yeah i'm so, not i'm not a big fan of his but I, I know i know where you stand with him and uh so i don't like i don't, I don't agree with a lot of his takes either but on um, the one thing he did say was he said oh uh mike tyson was a commentator and i and they asked him what fight and he said uh buddy mcgurf so i went and looked at it and yeah he was he was very good on it he was very very good actually and uh i'm curious if they put him on there now he'd probably be more silly and like try to you know be more funny i guess and not take it as serious but when he did then, and I heard it too, like he, he did have a, he was like a historian about it. He, he was t telling more stories. He was more, probably more like, honestly, like a Vince Scully. Like it was more like telling stories and history of something than more like talking, talking about the fight. And I thought it was very good. Yeah. Cause the thing is people, people don't realize people look at this Mike Tyson, this savage knockout artist, but one, he's a very real well-spoken man, very mm -hmm. well-read, very well-researched in the sport of boxing. So, like, when he's talking to you, he's not talking to you from this guy who had no skills but had powers. Like, this guy had skills in the ring, read books, watched tapes from 1938. And, uh, you know, so he he was very educated. And and, now, and I agree with you. Now he's probably, I, I don't know how much boxing he's really watching right now. You know, this dude got businesses and smoking weed every day and stuff. like. And I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying, like. I, I, don't yeah, know. I just don't think he'll take it serious as he exactly. did when he was then back then. Which, which again, I don't, I don't, I'm not knocking it. Is hey, he's an older man; he can't be stuck on one thing your whole life. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I plan on talking boxing until I, until I die, but yeah, that's true. You cannot. Be yeah, but your, your life is as interesting as <laughs> that's true. This is very true. This is a very, very excellent point. I did. We did talk about you were talking about the win, so I do want to run something by you because I, I, I did. I, 
I have been doing this on Twitter this week. Um, I'm doing the notable wins, uh, right, of Terrence Crawford. So let me give you the notable wins I have uh, for Terrence Crawford. I have Porter. I have Postol. And I have Gamboa. That's it. That's the three notable wins I have for Terrence Crawford. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts? You disagree? Agree? with? No, no. Listen, I agree. I agree. Uh, like one time I was on my live, and this is before Canelo had lost. Uh and I had Canelo number one. I forgot. I think I had Inouye number two. Usyk number three. And I had Crawford number four. I forgot who I had five. Because somebody had asked me while I was on live. I had Crawford number four. And yo, people were like bashing me on, on my chat. I was like, yo, what the fuck? Like, yo, how is that a bad pound for pound list? There's no way, Crawford. This, you a hater. You are this. You. Are that. I'm like, yo. When have I, I ever said anything bad about Crawford? Like, how am I a hater? I just have an opinion. And then when like people were asking me why I have him at four, I'm like, he doesn't have the resume. Now, I have eyes. I know talent when I fucking yeah, see it. Yeah, yeah. No one's doubting his talent. Yeah, he has ten knockouts in a row. You, you that that's not just luck. You know what I'm saying? The guy switches orthodox and southpaw. I can see he has talent, but he doesn't have the wins to be number one pound for pound as some people are, are ranking him. Yeah, that's that's the thing is that if you if you well, first of all, if you're critical of him, you must hate him. Um, if and I'm not to me, I'm not even being critical. I'm just stating what's there. That like, what's the evidence that I have? That's what I'm gonna give. Now, I understand he posted that tweet the other day of like all the accomplishments he has. Yes, he has plenty of accomplishments, but not all accomplishments are equal, right? If certain eras have uh, are better for certain weights, right? Like no one's gonna say this is the strongest middleweight division we've ever had, right? There's definitely been way stronger middleweight divisions. So, so you cannot you can't say that this era, right? Accomplishing what you this era of the middleweight is the same as accomplishing it in the eighties. It just can't say that. It's just not true. It's not possible. So you would have to need context. My context is notable wins that's the only way i do it and i know people are like well how do you come up with notable wins it's clear it's to me it's it's clear as day it's a win that when you retire people will remember that's a win that holds up this is a guy that he beat that has shown that he can compete at the highest level at that time that's a notable win and to me he has three no matter all those accomplishments i give you that and it and Yes, I know people are going to argue. It's not his fault. He just could fight who's there. That doesn't matter, though. That's the thing is you keep – people trying to keep trying to get me to grade it on a curve. I can't do that. The wins are the wins, and that's all it is. That's all I'm doing It's just telling you what wins are notable. Uh, Huey said uh, beating Burns in, Glas- uh, in uh, Glasgow in, is a notable win to me. Now, Huey, I don't know if you're using because of where it was at being a notable win, but to me that doesn't work that way. Like there's no curve. There's no way to make a guy a better win then if anyone beats him is a notable win. Now, if you look at Burns, he never really beat anyone that was like of a notable win from himself to make himself a notable win. There's no really win in there. And he has a draw in there to uh, Ray Beltran. So a lot of the fight that he should have lost. So I don't ever really think Burns was at that level. Now, I think that beating him was good for Terrence Crawford. It, it brought him, it got him a title. It made him a name, established himself in the weight division. That's good. You can still have good wins that do good things for your career, but they're not notable. Wait. That's what I think Burns was. So, so you wasn't impressed by Ricky Burns beating Rocky Martinez? I was not. <laughs> I was not. I was being sarcastic. No, no, I get you. I get you. Uh, no, no. I, listen, I agree with you. I think it's unfortunate what Top Rank did to to Crawford, you know. And um, 
Yeah, they just never were able to get him in these big fights. They never got him the Pacquiao fight, which was at like multiple times looming. Whatever reason it did, I, I don't know who's to blame, but point is, it didn't fucking happen. Um, yeah. Okay, so l- l- let me go through. I so I did Spence as well, right? Um, for Spence, I have uh, I believe I have four notable wins. So I have uh, Brooke Porter. Danny Garcia and Mikey Garcia. I had at first I did have um what's his name? Um Peterson, but then Isan brought to my attention, you know, like he was like, ah, he's a little past at that point. So I went back and reviewed it. And yeah, he probably was past at that point. He really didn't have anything that showed that he was still a high level fighter at that point. So I eliminated him. So four notable wins. What do you think of those? Uh, like you're gonna count that Mikey Garcia win like that? Like so Okay, so the way I look at it, and I, I I did get a little pushback for that one. He beat he did he did have good wins at 140. He beat um he beat uh Lipinets, he beat Broner, right? So he was established at 140. Now, no, he never was established at 147, but when you go past that, he does knock out uh Jesse Vargas, who I'm not saying is a high level guy or anything, but he does you know does have a win at 140 where he does yeah. show that he has some power. No, no, decision. He just, a decision, oh. Jesse Vargas. Yeah, yeah. He does drop Jesse Vargas in that fight. Yeah, I, I'm like, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I always remember as I, like the fight ends when he drops him. But yeah, he decisions him. I, I, I'm going to give it to him because at that point, no, I know, like I said, hindsight of how the fight played out. But I, I think at that point, everyone kind of thought that that was going to be an interesting fight. I think everybody thought that their, Mikey Garcia was at a very high level. And you know he lost. He lost to a guy that I think is just at a very high level himself. I'm not. I'm not going to knock him for that. Like it's like okay, uh, Canelo moved up to fight Bavol. That's going to be a notable win for Bav- in Bavol's career. Like I can't, I can't think of it. Could be like, oh, oh well. but but uh, I don't think that's a fair comparison. So uh, let let me put context. You you know how Polo is with Canelo. Yes, yes. That's how I used to be with Mikey. Okay, okay. Mikey was my dog. That was like the guy, like my number one favorite fighter back in in that era. Like, and it, from like anywhere from like 2012 to like 20, you know, 19, 20, no, nah, not 20, probably like 2017. Like that, that he was my favorite fighter. Okay. And he really was a lightweight at that time. He was fighting at 140 because of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Fighting at 140 because he was he was really was a lightweight, and uh. I knew he was going to lose the fight. And then last minute, last minute, I switched it because I was I was too busy focusing on being a fan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not using logic. And, and, and what really what really made me pick him was how confident he was talking. He was talking like like he was like, yo, I'm a surprise. You guys, you guys are in for one. Like everybody's picking against me. You're going to see. And I'm like, he made me change again. But that was just me being biased. But looking back, what I originally thought, I was like, yo, like, this dude is really a lightweight. He just moved up because uh, Top Rank at the time uh, had all the all the, all the night lightweights he would have been making money with. And he was, uh, he, 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 he don't fuck with Top Rank. So, yeah, it, so he was trying I, to find an opportunity. I, you beat a lightweight who moved up basically two divisions because he couldn't get fights at 135. And was fighting at 140. He, I mean, he was he had Hall of Fame talent. So he, he, he in my book, he's a Hall of Famer, and that may be biased. We, we, we can we can debate that later if you want. 
Um, so you got this Hall of Famer who's beaten, who's a blown up lightweight, beating one forty pounders, and now you're blowing them up even more to fight welterweight. I I don't know, man. I, uh, I like I can't give you too much credit for that win. Okay, so in your mind, then, because I'm, I, I still think Mikey is a good win, but in your mind, you have three notable wins in for Spence, or do you think I missed someone? Um. And the one I think that would be I'm missing would be Ugas, who I don't have in there. I mean, all right. Do you have Garcia? Do you have Garcia? Danny Garcia? Yes, I have Danny Garcia. I have Porter, and I have Brooke. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess you can make an argument for Ugas because a lot of people feel like he beat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think the reason why I don't have Ugas is I think he beat an old Pacquiao. No, no, now, no. I, but that Porter loss. Oh, the Porter one. That's the t- that's the one they had me like, yeah, that has me borderline because I'm like, oh, that kind of could prove it. Let's see what he does. He, he could easily end up back on the list with if he gets like another a key win in the division, then I can see him back on the I can see him back on the list. But right now, I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna I, leave him off it. I, I, I'm gonna put I'm gonna add him and I'm gonna take off Mikey. Okay, so we're both at four notable wins though, for Spence. Yeah. Okay. So in my book, right, not the actual Hall of Fame, because actual Hall of Fame everyone gets in, right? If you have a name. Oh. But I'm sure. saying in, in my book, right, the Ezra Hall of Fame, right, the Hall of Fame. That's actually mm-hmm. pretty catchy. Um, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna say that they are neither of them is a Hall of Famer in my book. See, and I think that's gonna be crazy for people to say because, like I said, uh, Crawford has all those accomplishments. I just don't think that those accomplishments, they could just be misleading. I think a little bit. No, I, I get it. I get it. I, I, I see your point. I mean, I, I do find it hard to, to leave out Crawford because he was lineal at 135, then undisputed slash lineal at 140, and then becomes the number two welterweight in the third division. I, I, I do find it hard to, to leave him out of the Hall of Fame just based off accomplishments. But if you're telling me Based off res, if it's just based off resume, I could, I definitely agree with you. He wouldn't be in the Hall of Fame, but I, 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 I don't think we can take away these accomplishments from these fighters because that's what they're working for, especially lineal. Whether you want to respect the belts, that's a different story. Uh, there's no, I, I'm not giving anybody any wiggle room on on giving the fighter respect for being lineal, especially in two divisions. Yeah, I mean, that's, like I said, I, I, I just think it's the way you look at it, right? So I don't have no problem with looking at it. Whatever way you're going to look at it, I have no problem. Like, if you say, like, the belts matter to me, I want the guys to get the belts. It's just that, for me, I just think that a lot of those things are just very uh, political. I think a lot of times, like, guys are able to move up these weight classes because maybe the weight class is weak at the time, honestly. Like, if you're, are you moving up when it's a legendary weight class? Like, okay, like, let's just say, like... uh Inouye, right? Inouye moves up to uh, 122 pounds, and he fights Fulton. Like, to me, that's like an all-time guy at 122 in, in Fulton, right? So, like, that's a really tough fight. So, if he wins at that weight class, like, it's really saying something. But let's say he moved up and he was just fighting Luis Neary. It's not the same thing. You know what I mean? Say Fulton does not, doesn't exist and just Luis Neary's there. It's not the same thing. So, the accomplishment would be the same, but it's just not the same thing as beating Fulton. And that's the that's the issue I can't I mean, get past. I mean, but 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 uh, to your argument, right? So he beat Gamboa, who like we look at Gamboa now, how he is now, but he, that's that wasn't the Gamboa. No, was, and Gamboa's a notable win. I have no, no, a no, notable no, win. No, no, I know, I know. So he beat a Gamboa. Uh, uh, I don't want to say he was in his prime, but definitely not so out of his prime where 
Uh, so he beat Gamboa, and that's that 135, and ended up becoming lineal in that division. Okay, so that's that division. At 140, he beat Postol, who you also have as a notable winner. Win, yes. Undisputed and lineal in that division. Yes. And then he gets a belt, whether you want to value the belts or not, but then beats Porter in that division, which is also a notable win. Yes. So in every division he's been in, he's got a notable win. He's, Two of them, he's been lineal, and one of them, he's had, a, and the other one, he has a belt, and and a notable win on top of that. I, I, I like for Crawford. I honestly, we can't take away the the his, the credit from his accomplishments. I'm sorry. Now, can I add to this uh, one other thing too? Some people just their bodies are just different, and they're going to be able to go up and wait, and they're going to still be growing as they fight. And then you have a guy like Spence who stays in the same weight class. You know what I mean? So, like, is are we okay? Like Manny Pacquiao, right? Not everyone is growing like Manny Pacquiao is. Do you know what I'm saying? It's, it's we can't just say like, oh, he was just so skilled and hit so hard that he was able to do that. It's like no, right? He's he can't start from all the way there, basically like where Inouye is, and he worked all his way to 147. He just that's just that's just his physical body that did that, right? He grew into a bunch of other weight classes. And, and I'm, that's reward, why but I'm not gonna. That's why he's a top 10 all-time great. No, I do, but the, he's a top 10 all-time great because he beat a lot of noble fighters going through all those weight classes, right? But to me, it's just the noble wins. Like, I'm not going to be like, oh, well, he did it and he beat, he went through all these weight classes. Like To me, it's just like that's circumstantial almost in a way. It's like just beat the names. Uh, I, I don't uh, care if you stay in one weight class and you beat – say if you stay in one weight class and it happens to be like the golden era of that weight class and you beat 10 like names where I'm like, oh, these guys are all – like legitimate notable wins, right? And then you have a guy, and he's not beating those names, but he's just going up ten weight classes. I want the guy that stood in the one weight class and beat those ten names. No, to me, I, that means more. I understand what you're saying, but when there's a lineage that you could go back, that you beat the guy to beat the guy to beat the guy, and you did that twice, I, I got to give you full credit for that, man. I'm sorry. I, like you have to look at it from a historical perspective. Whenever they talk about the division. They have to talk about you because you were one of the lineal champions, and not only in one division and two. And then, then, then the second division, you did it with the undisputed titles on top of that. So even if, it, oh well, I value belts. So it's all right. Well, if you value the belts, I had all of them and I had the lineal. I, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't take away that credit from Crawford. So there's sometimes, and like I said, we we already backed up the every weight division he went to. He has a normal win, so we backed that up. Right, so I I don't really care about the weight division. I just care about the win. But you, you we back that up. That's pretty solid, right? Yeah. And we saying the history of it, right? The history that it goes, and you could go back and trace. And he's the guy that beat. He beat the guy that beat the guy. I mean, if you have presidents, right, and they get elected, right, all of them are going through the same cycle. They get elected and they get elected. You could be like, well, damn, this president got elected just like that one did. So he must be as good as that one. It's like, no, that's not the case. Like, this guy is actually a crap president, and this guy was a very good president. Now, we can go down the history of it and be like, yeah, he did get elected. He might even have got more votes, right? He might even had a, a, a bigger majority than the other guy did, right? But that doesn't mean he's a better president. Do you get what I'm saying no. of this? Like, I'm just saying, like, the history of it could, like, all these things, all these ribbons and the, the things we put on this stuff, it's nice. Like I said, if it was in a book, it's romantic. It's romanticizing the sport, but is it realistic to what we're looking at? I don't know. No, if it no. is. I, I understand what you're saying. It's like Rocky Marciano. He retired a champion. He's 50 and old. But his, his, his records, like, his resume ain't, like, ain't nothing to see. It's good, don't get me wrong, but it's not like you can't compare it to Muhammad Ali. Exactly. I understand what you're saying, but we dismiss Rocky 
Marciano. We still say Hall of Famer. We still say he was great. Yo, the guy's undefeated and was lineal two divisions and undisputed in one of them. I, I, I can't. I can't ignore that as much as, well, and you know me and you disagree on the belts anyways, which is why I'm, I'm talking just lineals. When you talk about lineal, that, that I, leave, I leave no room for debate. There, it, You have to give a person full credit because that means the one guy fought the number two guy who came out victorious. Or you, 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 it's, like, it's like, I don't know. I don't know. But not, but not all number one and number two guys are equal. You get what I'm saying? No, I, I and I, I totally agree. But that's just a matter of circumstance. That's what I'm saying. But that's what I'm saying. I'm trying to eliminate circumstance. That's what I think I'm doing. I'm a completely eliminating circumstance. To me, it's just do you have the wins? There's no circumstance to it. No, like okay, like we look at if we're talking about you beat the man to beat the man to beat the man. This is the Cambosos argument over and over. And I hear this at least no, but once a day. I hear this argument once a day. His next fight, what happened? Cambosos has one win and lost it in his next fight. No, I know, but he was the man. He was the man that beat the man that beat the man, right? But we that shows you the flaw in that era, that if you keep going by that, there's going to be a guy in there. There's going to be Ricardo Mayorga in there that just upset the apple yeah, cart. That's yeah. all he's going to do. Uh, upset, uh, listen, ups, listen, Buster Douglas is a, was a lineal heavyweight. That's what I'm saying. This is exactly okay. what I'm saying. Okay. We, Buster uh, Douglas also has one notable win. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Cambosos has one loadable win. You talk about anomalies that happen. In, like Joe Flacco won the Super Bowl. Joe Flacco is currently the backup quarterback of the Jets. You get what I'm saying? Anomalies happen. You yeah, know, so you like, would uh, never. Yes, exactly. Anomalies happen. So you would never say, though, Joe Flacco is an all time great quarterback because he has a title, right? Because he has a Super Bowl. No, but my point is, anomalies happen. If somebody's doing it in twice, you have to kind of consider it. Have to be like, yeah, okay. So if in the church, in the church conference situation, I, I get you on that because he did it like three, he did two or three times, right? Yeah. So I uh, two times. So, so I get you on that. That 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 part makes sense to me. I don't know. I just think that sometimes it's just like I said, it's circumstantial, and I I kind of just want to eliminate circumstantial. I yeah, also I think mean, that all fighters should have a rating on them, like similar, like to Madden, and if you beat them, you get those points. Like you, so like at the end of your career, say if you fought a guy, fight. right? Like a yeah, like the box trick, I think has something similar to this, but it's more official than like I think I don't know what the hell formula box trick used to do it because sometimes guys are like really good rating. I'm like, well, this guy's not that good. But let's just say like where there was a panel and they did it, and like to say that Spence is a 95 out of 100. If you beat this guy, he's worth 95 points, right? And then at the end of your career, we add up all the points. Like this is everything he accomplished. This is all the points he got. This is how good he was. I think that's more measurable than I don't know than how we do it now. No, no, I, I mean, there's no perfect way of doing it. But I, again, I, I, I just have a tough time, <laughs> like thinking about a Crawford not being in the Hall of Fame. Now, Spence, I can see that. I mean, just be, just because he's never fought the best in his division, man. Like you know, he never fought Keith Thurman, he never fought Floyd or Pacquiao, and he never fought. Crawford, like I, I guess he has three belts, and I and again, me and you, we disagree on the importance of it. But I, you know, he has three belts, and that is somewhat impressive. Well, not some; it is impressive. Uh, it just come on, man, beat the guy, beat the best in your division at least once, man. You never did it. Whether whether oh, it's because Pacquiao wouldn't 
Mayweather wouldn't give you the fight, or it was because Keith Thurman was ducking you, or the negotiations with with uh, uh, with Crawford isn't going well. I don't know what it is, but bro, I cannot let you in the Hall of Fame if you were never the best in your division, or or at least close fight or something. And see, that's a crazy thing because in my thing, I could make a more of a case for him to be in the Hall of Fame than than Crawford. See, I can see, I can understand this pissing people off. I really can. I, I think you are listening right now, like, it's done by this, but. I, I, listen, I understand your point. You're looking at it like, all right, I'm just looking at who you beat. But you see my point in terms of. Yeah, no, I get it. I get right. it. I get it. Yeah. Like, I just also think that just like people's bodies are different. And it's, it's just like, like to see. You were never the number one guy in your division and you want to be in a Hall of Fame. I, I don't, I, like, to me, the Hall of Fame should matter. To me, the Hall of Fame should be like, yeah, I was clearly the fucking best. But okay, but you wouldn't say right now Spence is the number one guy in his division because I think he is the number one guy. In his division. Uh, he's never been the number one guy. I mean, okay, but so so then you would have so Keith Thurman still the number one guy then? No, 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 no. That's what that's why I said I said he's never beaten the number one guy in his division. Crawford has done that. Well, how do I know? Because he was undisputed. He beat everybody with a fucking belt. Had the limit. Okay, but. Okay, but Haney's undisputed, and he, he hadn't beaten really any of the guys that we consider really a top guy in that division. Okay, well, how did Haney collect his belts, and then how did Crawford collect his? No, I get you. I get you on that. I mean, I you get know, you. It's it just like, to me, you got to fight the number one guy. You got At some point, you to be a Hall of Famer, in my book, you have to fight the number one guy, or if you're the number one guy, fight the number two guy, and prove to the world without a shadow of a doubt that you're the best in your division. And Carlos Montes said, "Bro, we got a point low key." So, I mean, so that's another. That's a point for you right there. That's a hey, point that's, for you right there. Uh, he, I, I know I'm winning the argument, but you know, <laughs> I, I, the thing is that I, I think you're making solid points. I don't agree with this at all, but but I agree. I, I think you're making solid points. Like I said, the history of all that, I think we could put a ribbon, all these things, and make it sound nice. And that's what really we're doing for Crawford. It, it sounds nice. It sounds like, oh man, like look at this guy. Like if I was telling someone, like man, this guy's going through these divisions, and he's being the number one guy in those divisions, right? And that sounds cool until I start asking, like. Well, are these guys like notable wins? Are they good wins? And then you're gonna be like, oh, I mean, circumstantially they are. No, all right, I mean, about this you, you, uh, I don't know. There's probably no way to googling it. But if you look up who two, two division lineal champions, I bet you they're all Hall of Famers. Yeah, but that, that, but that's the thing though. The, the boxing Hall of Fame is so you know like no 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 even uh, under your and even under your rules, I bet you you look up any two two division lineal champion. Let's just and, look at that. Let's and, 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 and they're all Hall of Famers in the in the raw Hall of Fame. Two division lineal. I just feel like boxing history is just not easy to find them. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I I'll be floored if you find something. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. But uh, uh, yeah, like. That that's why I rate Pacquiao so high. Pacquiao was lineal in five divisions. <laughs> Yo, that's unheard of. Yeah, yeah. As, also, like his body just grew different than everybody else's, so he kind of had that advantage. But no, but, yeah, but, with you, with but I, give, I, I give credit for shit like that. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna take some research, but I'll, I'll definitely tweet about this tomorrow about what you know the two lineage champion in two different divisions because there's like. This guy, it basically just opened a book here. So, yeah. But I get you. I get where you're, I get your point you're making. No, for sure. What was, it, what was I going to say? Um, I was going to leave this to somewhere else. Um, 
I don't know. I just went blank right now. Oh, Mikey Garcia is a Hall of Famer in your book. I mean, all right, and I and listen, if you say he's not, I'm not even gonna like debate you too hard because I'm probably being a you know biased because I mentioned to you he was my favorite fighter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yo, to me, he doesn't have the wins for whatever reason. It just they never came his way. But in every division he was in, with the exception of 47, he was the best fighter in my opinion. Uh, 126 for sure. Yo, what? Yo, he he beat the. F- Fuck out of Salido. And if you want to. But point is, handling him with so much ease, dropped him four times. This is the same Salido that beat Loma, that went to Puerto Rico twice and knocked out Juan Ma Lopez. This is that Salido. And Mike Garcia handled him with so much ease. Moved up to one three. I think beat up. We're breaking up a little bit. That fight, yeah, he ran into a punch. It wasn't like he was wobbled and hurt, and he had a hold and survived the round. He just got clipped, and then he ended up finishing the fight. Um, uh, What would you say is Mikey's best win? Beat Robert E. Salido. Salido's his best win. Salido's his best win? Again, that's what I'm saying. Like, Yeah, he doesn't have the wins to, to, to justify it. But to me, I, I know what the fuck I saw, man. It's like, I know what the fuck I saw. And I it was the best at 126, the best at 130, the best at 135, and the best at 140 when he fought. Nobody could tell me different. This is my ever. This is, I, I followed his career very closely. And I know for a fact he was the best in all those divisions. It was just what were the fights that he didn't get that he should have got? Loma, Crawford, um, Gamboa. Um, those are the only fights I can think of off the top of my head. But the Loma fight would have been Maybe Leonardo's like fight, right? Possibly Leonardo's. Oh, he would have beat the fuck out of Leonardo's. <laughs> but that would have been a good fight, though, right? Like, it would have been a solid matchmaking fight for him at that point. I mean, I, I, it would be a good matchup for him to knock him out in four Well, I'm rounds. just saying like a name, like a name on the resume. At that point, oh, I, I think mean, Linares would be. I, I don't I don't think Linares is a notable win, to be honest with you. But, I mean, I guess if that's what you want to get, I think, he, I think he dominates and stops him. I think he would have easily knocked out. I think he would have. Wait, you knocked out who? You, you kind of popped out a little bit. What was it? Who knocks out who? Easily knocks out who? Oh, he easily knocks out Loma, okay. easily knocked out Gamboa, easily knocks out Linares, and I think he beats Crawford, but I don't think he stops him. I think he 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 wins comfortably in the decision. See that, that see right there. Like he, and if he does he does all that, guess what he just made? The Raw of Fame. Hope. He would have made the no, Raw no. of Fame, the Ezra Hall of Fame. Not nah, listen, listen. Uh, uh like I said, uh these fights didn't happen for whatever reason. It, a lot of it was like he had beef with top rank. So he, he had like a long layoff. And then when he came back, all the fights that would have made sense for him were on top rank side. And obviously he just sued them. And then he got injured. So he went on a long layoff, another long layoff. And it was just a whole mess. He was trying to start his own promotional company. So it was a lot of it was like, 
he thought he, I mean, I guess he got the money. I was going to say he thought his value was higher. He got the money, but oh, that sacrifices legacy. And, I, you know, I'm not here to tell somebody what to do, but I feel like he could have beat those guys, man. He was that good, man. I, do, am, am I bugging? You don't remember him being that good? No, no, no. I thought I thought he was great. I thought I honestly, I was like, uh, when especially like, I thought like when he fought like Broner too. I was like, I, I, I was like, I just always knew he was like levels above everyone. And then, uh, like I said, the the Spence thing happened. And yeah, I think the weight definitely had something to do with it. But also, yeah, I don't know. And then you know, it kind of diminished after that, diminished product after that, and that was probably because of like not being hungry to fight anymore and all these things. You know, I mean, there's there's a bunch of things that take an effect. But yeah, I did at that point thought like he's one of the best fighters in the world. And I just really wanted to see it tested. And I just felt robbed. I never really saw it tested when I seen a fight, Robert Easter. That was like, I think to me, like the height of it, of like, yeah, this guy's just like levels above uh, a lot of people, but I just never really felt like, um, you know, like we, we got the, the dominant era, I guess, of him of like, he's, he's beating all these like name names, you know what I mean? Like, and he, he, the thing that he, which all those guys you name, like, I think, I, like we didn't get those fights. I guess that sucks. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, like like I said, man. Like that that's something like nobody can convince me that I'm wrong. Like I I know he was that good. Like people going, yo, but the four kings, Tio and 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 uh, and and Tank and Haney and and uh, Ryan. I'm like, yo, if y'all impressed by these dudes, man, y'all don't know about my era. Like that that's something I'm gonna tell my son. I don't give a fuck who's fighting in his era. I'm be like, yo, you got to watch the Mikey Garcia tapes. That yeah, I always kind of thought that Mikey would at some point fight Tank Davis. I thought before the Sandor, Mar- Sandor Martin fight that I was like, oh, yeah, Mikey and Tank are going to fight one day. Like, I always thought that kind of fight made sense. Um, it was probably good for Mikey at that point of his career that that didn't happen. Because if he would have fought him before he fought, like, instead of fighting Sandor Martin, you probably, probably would have ended bad for, badly for him. But, yeah, I always thought that that fight was going to be something we see. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like if he was in his prime and yeah, in his tip top shape and everything, yeah, he 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 beats all four of them. And I am people are like, what are you? Oh my god, have you seen Tank his knockout power? I'm like, yo, at one point, Mikey was thirty and zero with thirty three and zero with thirty knockouts. Like he he was doing, he just wasn't doing it in savage fashion like Tank was, but he was getting motherfuckers out of there. Quick. Yeah, he was he was tearing them apart. He was like, he didn't waste no punches, mm-mm. no punch shot. Didn't get hit. He wasn't getting hit. Like I mentioned, he got dropped in that Rocky Martinez fight. Yeah, but like he just ran into a shot. It wasn't like he fucking got you know his chicklets knocked out. Like oh my god, he was wild. He just walked into a punch and proceeded to fucking dominate and stopping this dude. What was the so he stopped. He had the trouble with in 2014 to 2016, I'm guessing, is when he had, yeah, yeah, because he went to, okay, yeah, yeah, 2014 is when he's top rank stopped fighting him, and then 2016 is when he comes back. Yeah, he missed a huge portion of his career, massive yeah. portion of his career. That's what happened. That's what happened. So when I tell people, yo, he was like one of the greatest fighters I've ever seen, his resume doesn't justify it, but it's like, uh, like, are you really picking Gamboa over him? Like, be honest. No, I'm not picking Gamboa over him. Are, are you picking Loma against him? I think that's a, t- a closer fight. Oh, okay. It's a close pick... fight. Yeah, so it's who... a closer fight. I probably would favor Mikey in that fight. My point exactly. Yeah. 
And now, if you want to say you picking Crawford again, I'm not gonna get mad. But I, yeah, I think, but that I did, I would have liked to have seen that when they were I, both at the top of their game. I would have, I would have picked Mikey, but like that's a fight. I'm not gonna be surprised if he lost to Terrence Crawford, but I don't think he gets knocked out by Crawford. No, I don't think so either. I don't think, I think he, that's a, I think, I think that's a goes to decision on that one. To me, I think Mikey would have won that fight eight to four because uh, Crawford tends to give up the early rounds. And I feel like he would have gave up like the first six, then start adjusting. And eventually Mikey would have won at least two rounds in the last six rounds and won the fight eight to four. That's the is, it, is it true? And I know you've heard the story before that uh, Mikey is the reason why top rank signed Sharon Crawford. Yes, it is true. That's so, true, right? Uh, I remember hearing that multiple times. Well, uh, well, this is how it happened. Uh, Mikey Garcia was signed to a guy named Cameron Duncan. Mm-hmm. Sure, you're familiar with. Him. Yeah, and uh, he asked him like, "Hey, man, uh, anybody from the amateur system? Do you think that it's good that I should sign?" And he told him, "Hey, man, there's this guy named Terrence Crawford. Yeah, uh, Crawford actually beat him in the, in the amateurs. Uh, he's a this guy named uh, uh, Terrence Crawford. Man, you got to sign that guy." So Cameron Duncan signed him. And then Cameron Duncan uh, presented him to top rank after he had like four or five fights like with different promoters. And uh, then uh, Cameron Duncan was like, hey, 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 man, you guys got to sign my guy. And they, they put him on a card and they like what they saw and they signed him. Yeah, I remember when, like when uh, Terrence Crawford was coming up on like top rank and you would see him on like the prelims or like undercard. And you just knew like they had something there. Like you knew, you knew like, oh damn, this guy looks like something different. And I remember he stepped up to fight uh Prescott, Brady's Prescott. Oh on short short notice, yeah. And I remember that he did when they were talking about it, that they were saying, like, oh Crawford it was telling his team, like, well, I'll beat him. Like it was like nothing. Like it was like, Oh, I can't believe it. Give me this opportunity, like I'm gonna beat this guy easily. And Prescott was a guy to be worried about back then. You know, he knocked out Mira Khan. You know, for a guy that was coming up, you would be like, Oh, this is gonna be a tough fight. And he just outclasses Prescott. Like, it's not a close fight. It's not... I, a, I, was, a, I was a fan of Prescott, too. I, I don't know if you remember his fight with Mike Alvarado. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a war. It was a fantastic fight. He ended up losing, but he gave Alvarado everything he could fucking handle. Yeah, and Prescott could bang. He could bang, man. He could hit hard. And like, no. you know, you seen the Amir Khan one. He left him to sleep in the corner. Yeah, no, I, I I totally agree. Those, those, he he was a fantastic, like not fantastic fighter in the sense like uh, very entertaining and always like gave a full effort. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was gonna say, um, what do you think about the fights this weekend? Any of them got you excited? Are you excited about? Are you are you feeling the uh, Ben Eubank fight? I am, I am, man, and 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 like. I don't know if you heard the Jake and Lefty show this past week. I did. I did. Yo, like. Yeah, people are not giving Ben a shot. They feel like. Oh, uh, what the fuck? I, I, don't, yeah. I don't. Listen, I, I just think he takes the sport a lot more serious. I think he's taking this a little bit more personal, uh, like from his perspective, from as far as representing his father's legacy. Uh, You know, and. He's moving up in weight. He's he's and and honestly, I don't understand. Like, oh, so this is why I brought up the Jake and Lefty show. There's this dude named Undisputed. Yeah, I know Undisputed. I know Undisputed. Yeah, so like he was like like straight 
shitting. He's like, I haven't seen anything from him. Why is this guy, This he's a lower level fighter and this? I'm like, what are you talking Like, do you watch boxing, bro? Like, to me, he's a hot prospect at 147. I am high on him. Yeah, so I was looking at I was looking at both them fight, and it's funny because yeah, like, uh, and I think Jake brought this up too. It's like they were kind of like both in the same position, like where people think they're kind of like novelty acts. And the thing with with uh, Eubank is he actually doesn't have that bad of a resume. I'll be honest with you, he has a oh win over Liam Williams, who that was like a decent win for Andrade when he got it, right? Yeah. He has a win over James DeGal, and I understand that James DeGal people he was old, but he wasn't really. No one had really proven that he was old at that point. He lost to Caleb Truex, he gets that back, and then he fights. Uh, Eubank and Eubank uh, beats him up in that fight. James Gale is like a, a pretty credible win, right? And I understand he's old, but you can't you can't say that until someone proves you're old, right? And I thought that he got that's what uh, Eubank did. He proved that that guy was old, right? He took it took everything from him. So I'm like, okay, he's kind of credible. Like he's kind of credible at middleweight. He'd be a credible win for a lot of guys at middleweight right now. Now Connor Ben was the same thing. He was the same, like a, a, a novelty act. His dad's famous. You know, he's a guy that comes forward, is aggressive, but he's figured out a lot of stuff with his style. I think that he's, um, I think that his legs are better than people give him credit for. I think his timing's better. He's treating everyone like a punching bag. He has all the confidence in the world when he punches, like he's going to put it on you. He's going to hit you hard. And the thing that's going to come down to with me for Connor Ben is, is his power for real. If his power is for real, right? And it looks like it is. And, it, and usually when guys go up levels, right, and you start fighting tougher competition, you see the, the knockouts go down. The power starts going down because you're not being able to place your shots. You're not landing as clean anymore. It's not like, you know, the guys that are w- willing to just give in. These guys that are like Algieri, Van Heerden, uh, uh, Granado, Samuel Vargas, they're feeling his power. Like they're getting slept. His power is still holding up against these guys. And they're not just like feeling it. Like they're going to sleep. So if his power is for real, He's going to be a problem for guys at 147. And if his power is for real in this fight, Eubank, who, you know, might feel tired, he gets tired already in the second half of the fight, especially when he fights that Roy Jones style. But if he gets tired because of the weight and that, and he starts feeling this power, like he could get folded up. And I think he will late in this fight. I, I think the Ben's a problem. I I, I understand. I, maybe people just can't get that, what they think of him, of a, like the novelty act of him, and they can't shake that. But I think he's turning into something for real. Uh, listen, they, bro, you, you said everything I wanted to say. Uh, you said it in a lot way better way than I want. Listen, I'm picking I'm picking Ben by decision. I do think that uh, Eubank go, cutting down to 157 is going to cost him a bit. A guy who has fought at super middleweight. You got what I'm saying? Also, there's a rehydration clause. I'm not too familiar as to what's the weight. They said it's around 10 pounds. I don't know. I don't know what that means, but they said it's around 10 pounds. All right. Well, well. Hey, listen. That, that's that's still a little bit of weight for a guy who has fought at you know super middleweight. Uh, I, I, listen, I'm picking Ben. I think he takes the sport more serious. He's not going to be dehydrated. Uh, and honestly, uh, I'm higher on him than I am. Uh, what's his face? Uh, Ubix. Yeah, I am like, too. I am too. And I actually think I think we see both of them hurt. And the funny thing is, like, I think that. Eubanks' size, uh, Eubanks' weight is going to play two different advantages in this fight, one for him and one against him. I think early on, his his size is going to be a, a plus for him. I think he might hurt Ben at some point in this early in this fight. I think in the second half, it'll be a disadvantage for him. I think he'll feel drained. I think he'll feel, uh, he, he already, like I said, already in the second half of fights, he kind of falls apart. I don't think Ben does. I think Ben's pretty good and consistent, and he comes with the same energy and confidence, and he has not been 
no one has taken away his confidence yet. And with a guy like him that hits hard and hasn't had his confidence taken away yet, he's tough in fights. He's going to be tough in fights. And I think he's going to be tough late in this fight. And I think that's that's where it really starts to expose uh, Eubank. Again, I, I honestly, I, I'm picking. I'm picking just based off Moxie, just based off what I see each fighter handle himself. Mm-hmm. I feel Conor Ben is always in shape of trying to fight the best fighters, and, and and like you look at his resume, and it's pretty comparable, if not. Matter of fact, I'm not even gonna say comparable. It's better than Boots's resume. So. Um, he, you know, he's fighting, he's being matched correctly for where I think he should be. It, it, and, and I think he, he's taking the sport really, really serious. Like, I don't look at him like a novelty act. I don't look at him as somebody who, who is, has the natural talent, but is living off his father's name, kind of like a Chavez Jr. I don't look at him like that. I do see a little bit of that in Chris Eubank. I really do. And I know that sounds a bit harsh. Uh, I don't think he's quite as that undisciplined as uh, Chavez Jr. But what I'm saying is, I I don't see him. I do see the natural talent. I just don't see the natural hunger. If that makes sense. No, yeah, no, it does. It definitely, it definitely makes sense. And uh, a lot of times, I'll tell you, like demeanor and energy, and like people's like motivation or their energy in the ring or their, their aggressiveness in the ring. It, it could really tell, uh, you could really tell a lot of fights, predict a lot of fights correctly. Just going off of that. I think people are, um, I understand like skill and all that, that like that plays a key, a huge factor, but sometimes you would be like, this guy's just going to keep coming, right? Like he's going to keep coming. And I don't, I think this guy mentally is going to fall apart at some point. I can see that happening with you bank where he falls apart mentally at some point in this fight and he gives in. I think he could get legit give in in this fight. Um, What's I gonna say about Ben? I, I I'm just curious. What what do you think about? So I see a lot of people talking about this fight, and they're like, "Well, what's the point of it, right? Like, what's the point of this fight? It doesn't do anything for any of their careers." I really disagree with that. But what do you feel about this fight? Like, as far as for their careers, ah, it, it, it's an important fight. It's a legacy fight, man. It, again, getting back to what I was saying earlier about the lineal titles, this is history. Man. Their fa- their fathers fought, and, and it's personal. And when their fathers fought, it was the biggest. UK event. I think like 30 million people watched this fight or something, something crazy like that. Where you know I mean, uh, I'm gonna uh, wait, okay, I'm gonna add Carlos to it. Keep going. Well, right. I, what's up, Carlos? It was like a bunch of people saw this fight, like where to the point where, uh, uh like it was historic. And again, I do like the fact that somebody like I, I'm a son. If and I have a son, you know, if my son was out here fighting a fight that maybe I lost or maybe I won and I just want to prove that my lineage is stronger than yours. I like it. I like it, man. I, it, it has a sentimental value to some degree. If that will, makes sense. Will Broadway Jr. be going to get back some revenge for some, for, for something that uh, Broadway Sr. could, uh, you know, just didn't take care of in his time. <laughs> not, not in the fighting world. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my 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 dream was to be an NFL player, and I'm okay. not I'm not gonna push that on my son. But if he wants to play football, then God bless him. But I'm a you know, again, I'm I, I'm not gonna force anything on him at all. Carlos, can you hear us? Yeah, bro, can you hear me? Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, what, what, I was thinking about this fight, uh, bro. Is uh, um. The thing is, too, like for people saying, like it's pointless. It's a pointless fight. I don't really see that because you have to know, understand too, like the, the the star power of the winner that walks out of this fight, the popularity that's going to rise, the 
you know, the money that's going to be thrown at this guy now that he's the got that fight and probably the A side in a lot of fights, all these rankings that people are talking about, all these bouts people are talking about, he's going to get those opportunities because he's going to be a bigger star. He's going to bring more money to the table. And I don't understand like people that, that don't see that. Like people are saying like, oh, he should have fought Danny Onis or someone in the ranking. It's like, you think that's a bigger fight than this one? You think that's going to do more for his career than this fight? Like that, that doesn't make any damn sense. It don't make any sense when people do that. I don't understand people get stuck on these things, um, not to go over the same thing over and over again, but it's just like, you have to understand that this is a bigger fight. Like it's like uh, Tank and Ryan. And it's like saying like, oh no, like that they should actually fight I don't know. Like, just say Cambosos with champ at the time. And just like, they should fight Cambosos, like, over each other? You think that's a bigger fight than them fighting each other? Like, it's just not. It's just, that's just not the case. So that's why, like, when people say that, I, I don't understand. It makes, to me, this fight makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. It's a risk. Yeah, sure, it's a risk. It's a gamble. But I guarantee it's make, they're going to make a lot of money. And I guarantee that the winner comes out of this is going to have a lot of pool. And if it's a great fight and they both walk out of this good, then they're both going to have a lot of pool. That's, that's what these fights do for people. What do you think of this fight, Carlos? Bro, like honestly, the way before I saw your breakdown, I literally said basically said what you said. I said that I basically see Connor Bin winning this fight of the weight for uh, you being. I mean, it's not a weight disadvantage, but like, dude, that weight cut is gonna be fucking tough, man. It's gonna be brutal. And then he's gonna have to rehydrate only only for ten pounds, and you know, at one fifty seven, Connor Bin's gonna pack extra power than he already has. And I even said literally ninth round TKO. I, I can even see a brutal KO if I'm being honest. I know I know Eubank has a good chin, and he, I don't usually see him getting hurt. But man, is it, this one's gonna be tough for him, bro. I'm gonna be honest. Maybe Eubank can win. I you know, but I, I think Ben wins this one in my opinion. I think for Eubank to win, he would have to land something early. And I do think he's. I, I like I said, I I, I I do think that maybe Ben gets hurt hurt early in this fight, but. I think yeah. he would have to land something where he like really changes the momentum and Ben kind of like never doesn't recover or just kind of feels it throughout the rest of the fight. But I just think that the second half is going to be really tough for him. And I tell yeah. you, he, he could fight two ways. He could fight the Roy Jones style where he does like a mimic of Roy Jones style, which is very tiring because you're mimicking someone's style that's not natural to you. It's not really you trained your whole life. And when you're mimicking something, it's very tiring. It's like um, an actor that mimics a character. It's very tiring for him to act that way because he's doing things that are not natural to his body and his motion. That's exactly what it's like to fight like Roy Jones for him the whole fight. And you've seen it in the Liam Williams fight is that when he acts like Roy Jones in the fight, he starts tiring and he starts getting very, very sloppy within the second half of the fight, doing all those. Didn't moves. he? Didn't he drop him like four times and he couldn't even finish him? Yeah, he drops him. He does drop him. He yeah, he does. That's, he does drop him. He drops yeah, him with a jab. Draws him with a left hook. He, he he drops him two times with a jab, I believe. Jesus Christ! Yeah, and I, I was gonna ask, like, um, do you think this fight sells over or maybe like close to like five hundred thousand pay per views? Oh, in the over there, um, I'm not sure. Honestly, I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm, I don't know. Like how they, the, I think it's a big fight. I think I, you could feel the buzz of it, and and if I'm feeling it, and we're feeling it. Like we, we feel like this is a kind of a big fight. Yeah. And it's it must be a massive fight over there. And Dude, I think I, the I'm promotion so, is excellent. I think the promotion has been very I am good. So I'm so fucking excited for this fight. I've been waiting for this one like ever since it got announced, man. Now that it's coming here, like you know, I'm like, Damn. no, I am too. I'm excited for this fight too. I'm excited for this fight too. And yeah. I think uh, I know me and Broadway have been saying that uh, um. Ben is a, you know, he's a problem at 147, that he's a threat to a lot of guys. And Definitely. people probably don't want to, you know, people are kind of fighting us against that. But like I said, it probably just the way that they interpret Ben when he was brought along and where he is now. You know, it's hard to, when you see it, like they said, first impressions, right? Like it mean a lot to people. Once you see a guy yeah. a certain way, you kind of have a hard time calling him. You know, like Joe Joyce a, long, a while back was not considered 
a legit heavyweight contender. Like when Joe Joyce fought Daniel Dubois, it was supposed to be like really a Dubois showcase. Like it was supposed to be like Dubois graduating to the next level. Not a lot of people picked Joe Joyce in that fight. Daniel Dubois yeah. was the guy that was supposed to be like the next Anthony Joshua. He was the, the guy with the skill and the ability and the next great talent. And now look at people that are all high on Joe Joyce, right? They're saying that he could be them. Usyk. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It took a while for them to get that, that image. It wasn't even after the Dubois fight that people thought that. It took really the Joseph Parker fight where it's like people finally are like, it's like mainstream now to be like, uh, Joe Joyce is a very good fighter. He's a tough challenge training when a heavyweight. But the, the Dubois fight, we, they, it was supposed to be, he was not, I'm telling you, he was, when he left like the PBC, he wasn't on PBC anymore, there was not like considered a great loss. When he fought Dubois, they were just considered like he was supposed to get smoked in that fight. Do you remember that fight, Broadway? Yeah, I remember. I, I was really high on Dubois. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not too I, down on Dubois now, but keep going. I remember telling my dad, I'm like, yo, this is, like this is back when AJ was undefeated, I was like, "Yeah, this is the next AJ." And I remember t- putting on my dad about him, and I thought this was gonna be his coming out party because after this, he was. Uh, I felt like you know he was gonna get his big opportunities after this. He was a young guy coming up, uh, and no, no, and hey, listen, he 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 got stopped and he got his orbital bone broken. You, you can't ignore that. I just, but it's, it's get circling back to what you were saying about Joe Joyce. He's somebody that I've never been impressed with, but he keeps winning. And at some point, you got to acknowledge what you're seeing, man. And yeah, exactly. And it, it's hard to beat that image, though, right? Of you thinking, like, ah, oh, something really special to this guy. It's hard to beat that image. And that's, no, that's it. Because I'm still having trouble for looking at this dude as a serious opponent, a serious fight. Exactly. And that, it, that happens. It happens a lot. That's why it's like funny. It's funny when like you study all these fights, right? And you like these cards, like there's some of these cards that like, I understand people are like, why the hell? Are you? Like there's, there's cards that I'll do like a live round scoring on Twitter. Right. And people will be like, why the hell are you doing that? Like w- w- no one gives a damn about this fight. And it's funny just because like when I do it though, it's like, it's just like you learn something, right? Like you just like, you take something from that fight and you're like, okay, I could apply that to another fight. Like there's something I learned from this specific fight, the way this went down there that you could learn from another fight. And it's funny, like when you watching Joe Joyce, when I, and I picked him, I picked Joe Joyce to win that fight versus Dubois. And I was surprised after I broke it down that I was like, oh, I think I have Joe Joyce going to win this fight. I think he's going to break him down uh, with it. Cause he could kind of take like a lot of shots. And I'm just curious, like with Dubois's Dubois style, right? But it was like, I would never did that if I just was just like, oh, no, I've I seen these two guys fight once or twice before, and I'm going to go to uh, Dubois. You know what I mean? I would have never did it if I didn't have broken down like that. I never really uh, deep dive like that. And it's it, that's what it takes, though, like to shake this guy's image from you. Because my first image of the guy like, was like you, like nothing impressive about him. Yeah. I mean, that, I, hey, hey. He's in the division with, with, with Fury and Usyk and Wilder, so he's gonna and AJ, so he's gonna have the opportunity to prove himself. Uh, oh, definitely, definitely. Again, you get what I'm saying? It's not like he's like, oh well, the, you know, you gotta beat Vladimir Klitschko. You know what I'm saying? Is that's all that's left here back in 2012? No, there, there's some guys here. There's some hitters. There's some big guys just like you. And people saying you got this rock solid chin. All right, let's see you take a right hand from Wilder. Let's see you take an uppercut from AJ. Let's see if that chin is what it's made out to be. That's like literally my dream matchup. Um, I keep saying this is uh, Joyce versus Wilder, and I just want to see that chin in that right Jesus. hand meet. That'll I want to see that chin. I want to see it meet 
I want that picture in a poster form of the just it meeting, and I want to know what the end result of that is because I don't know. I don't know what happens. I think that he takes it. I think that he eats it. I think he. I think there's two gifts in the heavyweight division. Two great gifts is Wilder's power and is Joyce's chin, and I would just love them to face each other. Go ahead, Carlos. Isn't he like uh, 38 or 37, Joe Joyce? So, so we did this last time we had Broadway because I thought they were a lot older, both of them. Uh, Wilder's 36 and Joyce is 37. So it's in heavyweights, that's not, you know, it's older, but it's not like, yeah, I mean, it's not yeah, like career Luis, ending. You know what I mean? It's not like. Luis Ortiz is like 50 years old and, you know, he's still pretty that. good. So. Stop To be fair, Luis that's Ortiz's sorry. legs are like 106. I mean, come on, yeah. he has no legs anymore. No, but, admit that. Nah, yeah. Like, the, the, why when a Cuban fighter, people like to say that they're older than they are, but, like, what evidence do you have of, of like, what proof do you have of Cuban boxers doing this? There's no history of it. It's just pure racism. <laughs> Is it? Maybe, huh? Yeah, where does that come okay, from? Okay, so why, why are we not saying fucking Mexican fighters? Oh, he's older than what he is. Why Why is only Cuban fighters we do it? I've always said that Mexicans uh, can be, like, from between the age of 15 and 44, and you cannot tell. Like, there's easily could be a 15-year-old Mexican no, guy. No, 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 that, that's fine. You're just saying how they look. I'm talking yes. about why nobody accuses Mexicans of lying about their age, but they accuse Cubans of doing it. Because I, I cause Cubans come with no... Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I know you're just joking, Carlos. But I think Cubans come with no paperwork, right? Like, when they... they the de- they, they uh When they defect here, they don't have no paperwork. That I think that's why. So you basically right. just say whatever age you want. Yeah, right? but like you, say, is, you don't think... You don't think one or two fucking Cubans would have got uh, Cuban boxes would have got caught doing that. I mean, that's a good point. I never heard it. I just like, hey, uh, like you said, it's, it's a racism. stereotype. It's racism, bro. That's, that's true. It's racism. I'm going to put Cuban boxer lies about age. Let's see what comes up. If it's Luis Ortiz's face, I might just laugh. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. So the what comes up is a baseball player. Yeah, all right. One baseball player. Yeah, that's, and this you, is you true. know you know how many Dominican baseball players got caught faking their age? Is there nobody a lot of them? Says, nobody says nothing about them. And I, and I, and that's my own people. I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> Don't throw a stereotype. Like, 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 like that's not that's not fucking be stereotyping, man. I hate that shit. That's true, that's true, that's true. I, it's true. Like and it's the thing is like everyone just kind of adopts that. That's true. Because like Cubans, that's always what you hear. You're like, I don't really know how old he is. Yeah, there's like there's like this one fighter in the UFC or used to be in the UFC. His name is like you all Romero. Yeah, you all Romero. Well. Yes. And they always talk about how he's like 60, 70, but like he's like 40 years old and you know, he's actually a really good guy as well. So, yeah. It's funny that you you Romero is they said that um he has like muscles that like people don't really like- have and they said they did like a, a scan on his head. I think he got like in a fight uh, a fight so they had to do like the scan after or maybe like his the pre-fight scan whatever. And the doctor was saying that he has muscles around his eyes that you don't see basically in anyone. And he was like, yeah. he called, they called like Dana White and they were just like, dude, this guy's muscles that he has around his eyes, I've never seen before. Like he just has muscles on top of muscles, basically. Have you ever seen you, Al Romero, uh, Broadway? 
Yeah, the tank. That man. those traps is insane. It's insane. He's he's a, he's a he's a freak of nature. And like when he was like in his prime in the UFC, I mean he was scary. And like he didn't have great stand up technique, but he was just so explosive. Guys did not want like Israel Adesanya basically played it safe with him in a stand up fight. Where Israel Adesanya is like one of the best kickboxers in the world. No, he I basically don't. played it safe with him for the five rounds. I remember yeah. seeing Romero knock somebody out. Some guy went for a takedown and he need them. He timed it perfectly and knocked him out. Yeah. That, it is. Uh, Chris this dude's an animal. I think so. Yeah, was that Weidman? Yeah, he was this dude. Yeah, is an, is an absolute animal. Yo, right? nah, the, reflex, the reflexes you have to have to do that is insane. Well, yeah, the thing is, too, is like he was like an all time great wrestler. And what happened was as he got older, I think his knees went, I think his knees weren't good anymore because like, he got older. So he stopped wrestling. Like he, he, his number one thing that he was good at, he kind of stopped doing. And he was just so explosive still, even like diminished with his legs and everything. That his he just became basically a stand-up fighter, and he was still very effective, like in the highest level of the UFC. Like that's it's it, that, that dude's like one of one's in a, like one in a lifetime type of you know uh, physical ability. All right, enough yeah. about UFC, man. Let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> What's the next topic? Oh, okay, Fundora. What about Fundora this weekend? What are you guys' early thoughts? First of all, fuck Fundora, man. We talk about fuck the Dames, man. Let's talk about. Oh, Adamas is a good fight. Hey, I'm, is a good fight. I'm excited about that fight. That's bro. a good fight. That's a good fight. I'm What's your early Broadway as a Dominican? I'll give you first uh, first take on this one. So, so I, I'm predicting Carlos Adamas by stoppage, man. Uh, I have a fifty dollar bet with Ty. Uh, Ty uh, for the win or for the stoppage? No, for for the win, for the win. I okay, because I was gonna say for the stoppage, that's gonna be hard. But for the win, I can see that. I, I'm I'm I favoring have, that. Yeah, and I have a twenty dollar bet with with Polo because uh, Polo bet he, he hates Dominicans and he bets every time. <laughs> I, I, so, listen, so does Polo hate I'll, Dominicans or does he just love Mexicans that much? Nah, he, he loves Mexicans. I'm just yeah. being, being funny. But point is, I bet twenty with him. And uh, I actually spoke with uh, Carlos Adamas' trainer the other day, and, and the conversation we had made me even more uh, more confident. It was just like, all right, man, I like, I really like the what he's talking about, Carlos, and I think Carlos is gonna really just dominate him in his show out, and I think he's gonna get the stoppage to make a statement. And uh, he, I, I actually posted on my Instagram. He said that he wants to fight after this fight. He either wants Charlo, Triple G, or Mungia. And if and if, if he went not if when he wins this fight, he will have the WBC interim belt, meaning he will be Charlo's mandatory. Or if Charlo moves up, he will become the full champion, so meaning he will become like the email champ. But whatever. Point is, that's a he, positive thing now. Exactly, he will have a belt. And I'm I'm super excited for this fight. And yeah, I, I again Carlos Adamas is out of all the Dominicans is the one I have the best relationship with. Me and so him if- we talk on the phone regularly. And uh, you know, from a personal standpoint, I, I'm I'm really pulling for him. So if Adamas does if uh, Jamal does uh vacate that belt, which I have no idea what Jamal's gonna do, but I would don't understand why the Adamas fight isn't interesting to him. But if he does vacate that belt. The number two would be Jaime Munguia, which you have to imagine he's not going to take the fight because he doesn't no. take any fight like that. No. So then the number three, and I don't know what this weekend uh, could do to this fight, but would be Chris Eubank Jr. Now, I would think that that would be an adver- uh, uh, appetizing fight for Chris Eubank, especially if he's looking to fight for a title. Um, 
I'm trying to see where Eubank is in the rest of the rankings. This is the only one that he's oh well he's number five in WBA, but that's not gonna happen. But so Chris Eubank versus Adamas is a very interesting fight. I really like that fight. If Chris Eubank wins this weekend, though, I think if he loses, then that probably goes away. Yeah, he loses though. My bad. No, no, I I agree. Uh, but I uh, what I think end up happening is let's say uh he becomes champion, calls it down and becomes uh, I think Triple G is going to vacate Marlo's belts. That will elevate Erislandi Lara to full champion at the WBA. So I think a unification match between them two is in line. Between you talking about Charlo? No, no, no. If if Charlo moves up right and Adamas becomes full full champion, mm-hmm. uh, I, I I think I, I think Triple G is going to retire. To be honest with you, I oh, think- uh, you're saying Lara, Lara. I guess. Yeah, and then he'll unify with Lara. I think that's the route to have. That that's what's next to happen. I'm not now. Not, now, what if Triple G what? takes a PBC deal and fights Lara? Oh, that that'll be interesting. Then hey, then maybe that'll be the unification fight. I, that's definitely a fight Triple G would take because he'll look at Adamas as an easy win. <laughs> and I, so what I, if okay. so what if Triple G takes Lara, Jamal Jamal takes on Adamas, winners fight each other. <sighs> Bro, that would be. Belt unification, and this, I would love it, especially if it's Adamas versus Triple G. Man, that would be like amazing for Dominican boxing because that means you'll have a common opponent with Canelo and whatever juice Triple G's name would have if Carlos Adamas was to beat him. I, I would love it, bro. And then that would be uh PBC once again outmaneuvering top rank once again because. Topper is kind of hoping Golovkin just retires so they can get the IBF with Falcoa and Zaraf, uh, yeah, Zarafa just to get mm-hmm. those, those one and two. So Falcoa, they hope Falcoa wins that fight and then they can match up uh, unification with Janabek between their two guys. So if PBC can pull off Golovkin staying in boxing, fighting Lara, which is a, a, a winnable fight for him, and then fighting the Jamal, you know, Adamus winner is uh, that's an excellent move. That's, that's good business for them for PBC. Okay. Uh, I, I I would love for it to work out that way. Uh, I, I like PBC better, anyways. Not that I root companies, but it just in general, I, I like how they they got all. The- Carlos, how do you see? What do you think about the fight, uh, Adamus versus um, Triple G? No, no, Adamus versus this weekend. Uh, what kind of was? Oh name? yeah, Matteo. Yeah, bro, Adamus is a Adamus is a beast. Obviously, I found out about him from Broadway Joel, you know, and I watched some of his highlights. And yeah, that dude, he's 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 pretty good, and I th- I think he's gonna win this weekend as well. Stoppage, maybe. I'm leaning maybe towards more of a decision, but you know, we'll see. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a stoppage. Yeah, I, I I think I would be surprised if he gets a stoppage, honestly, because uh I, I know that Montiel's been been stopped before, but if you've seen him against Charlo and the size yeah. that he's at. He, he can take a shot. Like he, he is. A, he's a pretty tough guy. I think that Adamus too is kind of more aware of his. Uh, his he's more aware of like his fatigue and cardio and energy, and he he's not trying to burn it. He's trying to be smarter with it. So I, I think he's gonna box, and I like the way he boxed against Derbachenko. I really like what I saw there, and I, I think that yeah. that's gonna continue in this fight. I think he's gonna box. I think he's a secure win, and I, I hopefully that sets up a fight with him and Jamal. I, I don't. Jamal don't want that, bro. Jamal don't want to fight nobody that's good. <laughs> I'm just being honest, bro. Like, I, I'm being serious. I don't, I don't know. I don't. I think he wants to get paid to fight someone that's really good, 
I don't think he's like avoiding fighting someone really good. I think he just wants to get paid correctly to fight someone really good. And I think that honestly, his management doesn't want him or Benavides really taking a, a he serious. Definitely fight. don't want Benavides. I'll tell you that right now. You don't want Benavides at all for sure. I don't know. He See, that's probably I don't know. I, I maybe Benavides not. Maybe he doesn't want Benavides. I think that'd be yeah. very tough fight for him. I really do think that'd be a tough fight. Yeah, but I think for Benavides. both of their managements are telling them Canelo fights around the corner. We really Benavides believe Canelo was... fights around the corner. Smoke his ass. That's a good conversation. But I'm saying right now, Benavides would smoke his ass. That's a different conversation, though. But yeah, you think he stops him? Hell, uh, maybe not stops him. No, I think he stops him. But if he doesn't stop him, he'll just beat the shit out of him for twelve rounds, where like you know he breaks I, I, all his orbital bones and everything. I really don't think that uh, Jamal will look good at one sixty-seven because I don't think he looks fan. Like I don't think he looks like levels above at 160 so nah, I, think, I, I think at 167 i think that'd be maybe like a little bit too much for him but i do think yeah. that he's kind of like in a position where he either gets canelo or you're gonna have to fight like benavides or plant one of them yeah yeah i just don't i just don't think he wants to fight anybody else besides canelo like so he can get that big payday and i don't blame him fight the other guys yeah well, I yeah i mean him. yeah I of course I you do. know if you want to go after the money why bro but, why do you blame him because because Look, look what happened to Andre's career, man. He's he's somebody who purposely didn't fight nobody, waiting on that Canelo fight, and it never came. And the same day, thing happened day, to Charlo. Same thing could happen to Charlo, man. Just because you, it, it makes sense Canelo could take you, don't mean he's going to pick you. Look, look, he hasn't picked you yet. You were his mandatory, and he went franchise on your bitch ass. Now, and I'm not... <laughs> And I'm not, and I'm not condoning that. By the way, I, I, I do think that was, that was, uh, that was pretty much a bitch move by, by Canelo. But my point is, if, 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 if you depending on one fight and you never get it, your legacy gonna be shit, bro. You already in your thirties. Fight the best up until you, you, you know, earn, earn a fucking Canelo fight. Where Canelo start fighting the guys that Canelo would fight. Fight Benavidez. Fight Plant. Fight. You know, uh, 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 Mungia and Triple G and, and Andrade and fight all these guys and then be like, all right, take out all the potential opponents for Canelo where you could be like, hey, listen, I'm beating all these guys that people saying you should fight. I should be the one to fight you. You ran from me from, from you know, vacating your title and doing all this. But like, uh, depending on one fight is never a good advice. Now, you can strategically depend on it in, in a sense like okay let's just say you've been in communication with the team and they they, they just want a few, want you to beat somebody else and then they'll guarantee you a fight or something like that but uh, weighing on one fight it, it could ruin your career if it doesn't the ball doesn't bounce your way yeah that's true that's definitely true i think he's in a better position than andrade is because andrade was on match room and they were just kind of running out of options right and they were just they could just kind of walk away from it. I don't think that people would ever walk away from Charlo. And I think that, you know, both him and the thing is that he has he has a guy that's waiting with him, right, in Benavides. And if that fight doesn't come for them, they could just turn around and fight each other. And I think that there's good money in that fight. I also think that, you know, like I said, there, there's still a Domus there. I still think that Triple G is an option. Lara's still an option. There, there's still some fights there. I, I wish he would just, to me, like as a fan, and maybe selfishly, I kind of just wish that him and Benavides would just fight each other, or he would at least fight Plant. Like I think that those are very uh, interesting matchups. But bro, like my bad. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Charlo just rubbed me the wrong way, bro. I'll be honest. I, like out of all the boxers, I don't really dislike that many guys, but like 
Jamal Charlo, I don't like that dude, bro. Like, not only is he a fucking duck, but he just, his attitude is just wrong, bro. Like, I remember it's two different things. I saw, like, a video of a reporter trying to ask him, like, hey, when are you going to fight, like, these guys? And, like, I think he slapped the reporter. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And then yeah, there's yeah, another video. He was like, oh, I'm not going to fight you with you. If you're not for the ages, and you're not vaccinated. I'm like, bro, what the fuck? Oh, he's not vaccinated, Benavides. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. This dude's yeah, weird, bro. Like, I swear, like, yeah, like, what, how, what the fuck is that? Like, I'm not going to fight you if you're, like, I've never heard anybody say that, bro. Like, the dude's a... Yeah, I, I think, say, uh, I mean, there's different things as well, like, being a duck and not trying to fight the best. I don't like him. Yeah, I mean, I, I I I understand those complaints about that, and that was, that was weird. Like he was like saying that like Benavides was too young to fight; he's not gonna fight anyone under a certain age. And yeah. there was like a few things that was like kind of weird. He, he he said that that Benavides had to be vaccinated for him to fight him. Yeah, no. yeah. I, know, yeah, I mean, he's, he's twenty five now, so fight him now. Yeah, he said anyone under twenty five, correct? He wouldn't fight him either. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Those like I said, he he, he says some weird stuff, but I'm just saying as far as like. Those fights are still there. There's still some, you know, opportunities for him. He's, they got to start making it happen for him. You know what I mean? Uh, he's he's definitely. I know that we, people always feel bad for Andrade, and that's it's similar comparison. I guess you're right, bro. With like that, you know, he's kind of in the similar same spot. At least in the middleweight division, there's not really much they can do for him, yeah. unless they get like I said, Golovkin. But it looks like he's getting cornered to the point where it's like if Canelo's not going to happen, you're going to have to go fight Plant. You're going to have to go fight Benavides. You're going to have to make one of these fights happen. Yeah, yo, yo, bro. We never got to the main event of Fundoro versus uh, Ocampo. Ocampo. Yeah, I think this is. I think it's an interesting fight. You have any uh, early thoughts on it? Um, I think this is going to be a tougher fight than people expect. I think people are going to be surprised how much resistance Ocampo is going to get Fundora. Uh, I thought Fundora lost that fight against Sergio Garcia, so I don't. I, I think people are riding high off that win he had against Lubin. And I picked Lubin to win that fight, so I mean, I definitely give him full credit. But uh, I also didn't forget that fight against Sergio Garcia. I think yeah, that, that, that's one that stays in my mind on this fight too. Yeah, you know, Ocampo is a good fighter. A lot of people just remember him from getting knocked out by uh, uh, what's his name, Earl, uh, Earl, Spence. Earl Spence. And yeah, it was a quick knockout, but Errol Spence has proved to be a good fighter, and. Um, Currently the number one welterweight. So, I mean, he got knocked out by a guy who ended up becoming the number one welterweight. I don't think we should hold it that much against him. And he's done nothing but win since then. I think Ocampo is going to give Fundora a lot of resistance. And to be honest, the way I see this fight going, I see this fight going to be a close decision where, where it could have gone either way, but more people feel Ocampo won, but they give Fundora the decision. Ooh, controversy. I like it. What do you think, Carlos? What do you think of this fight? Yeah, I'm probably leaning towards the same way. I think uh, Fun- I think Fundora wins a close decision. Probably not like controversial. I think maybe like he takes a lot of the early rounds, but like I see maybe is it twelve? Is it twelve rounds? Twelve. It's twelve rounds. Uh, yeah. You know, what? actually, that's a good question. Is it twelve rounds? Yeah, it is. Okay, twelve rounds, right? Yeah, I see. That, I see like probably seven five, maybe maybe eight four, something like that. Fundora. The, the thing know, is, a compo, a compo is um. He's good at a certain range. Like if you, if you let him fight at his like mid range and at his own speed and pace, he's pretty good. He's strong too, and he's a little, little uh, more skilled and craftier than what he looks like. Right? He looks a little like rough, little uh, raw, and what the way he's fighting. But 
he's craftier and uh, more skilled than I guess what it, what he, what you would think. And Fundora, who was coming off you know a great win, but a very tough win, a very uh, fight that took a lot of durability. Until he was rocked at one point, dropped at one point. I think we we're thinking that only Lubin took damage in that fight. That's like what kind of like what we're feeling, and we don't know how much damage he really took or how he's feeling after that fight. And the Garcia fight stays in my mind because I, it was a, a, a fight that Fondora was trying to use a different style where he was being a little bit more defensive. He was fight, trying to fight, use his range. And I don't know if he was doing that because he was just trying to show that he he has more you know um, tools in the toolbox. Or was he doing that because it's tiring to fight on the inside like that? You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't want to fight in the inside like that. You don't want to take all that kind of damage. And to go through yeah. a camp doing that and building that mentality, you might not be able to do it consistently. Guys that fight like that, they, they have a short run. You got to really – like, he has to fight for the title next. He can't just keep fighting like this because he's going to end up happening to Jared, like Jared Hurt. He's going to end up happening to all, like all these guys where they just finally can't take the shots anymore. They can't come forward like that anymore. And if he, if he has anything in his that fights, like he fights in the Garcia fight, where he's trying not to take damage, he's trying to be a little bit more, use his reach and everything, he'll lose this fight. I, he will really lose this fight. He cannot fight at the range like that. He's not as good as Ocampo is in that range. I think if he applies sure. pressure, he comes forward, and he's using his, he's using like, I'm going to break this guy, and he has that mentality coming into this fight, he will eventually break Ocampo. Right? Ocampo's yeah. not going to feel, he's going to really rush him. He's going to make Ocampo uncomfortable. But it's just really like, what is Fundora going to offer in this fight? Is he going to be Fundora, or is he going to try to be cute with it? And if he's be cute with it, he could get upset in this fight. Okay, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, so, he's so, six four, six five in that weight division. Yeah, he's six five, and Ocampo's not a small guy either, but he's smaller yeah. than Fundora, of course. So, so, like, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, Fundora in a close fight. I, I, no, I'm going to take Fedora. I think he's going to win wide because I think he'll win wide late. I think that he'll break down um, Ocampo in the late rounds where it's not even close because Ocampo's not going to want to fight like that in the close. He's not going to want to fight that activity. But I think early it's competitive. I think Ocampo is going to land like decent shots in this fight. And I think the people, you have to be really careful. Like, be aware of this guy's power. He does have a power that, you, you know, it's, it's heavy shots, thudding shots. And if he's landing consistently, like on Fedora, he might be able to break Fundora himself. So it's like, it, it just, I just think that he just won't be able to keep up the pace that Fundora is going to keep if he has Fundora has the right mentality. Damn. Yeah. But I, I, I'm interested in, in, in this, in this uh, card. Isn't there another fight uh, besides? Yeah, this? there's, um okay, so there's that fight. Then there's the, the rematch <laughs> between um Martinez and Ancaius. That's for a 115 pound uh, mm. uh, title. And then there's yeah. another fight. Oh, oh, uh, Mean Machine versus Mikael Fox. How can we yeah, forget that? That's on the on the uh, YouTube portion. YouTube portion, yeah, yeah. So, and that's an interesting fight. That's a damn good fight, actually. I, I, I want to talk about that fight with uh, uh, Ancajas and Martinez first. Before All right, we... go ahead. That, man, I really like uh, uh, I really like Martinez. Man, I, I, I'm a big fan of his style in terms mm-hmm. of. Payment value. Not saying he's gonna be number one pound for pound. yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad I'm actually I'm on your show because you're actually somebody who it's okay to be a fan of somebody who's not necessarily gonna be the best fighter in the world. Exactly. Exactly. I encourage it. It's not. It's not even. It's okay. I encourage it. I want that to happen. All right. So he's gonna be. He's gonna. He's one of those guys where I think he's talented. I think he he is gonna make noise. But uh, I, I also think that. 
you know, he's very entertaining. And 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 I really I came away really impressed when the first fight with him and Ancajas. I'm not sure why this uh, rematch was necessary. I thought he won cleanly, but uh, uh, no, he. This is a this is a fight. He's in a really stacked division. If he could get these two back to back wins uh, against Ancajas, he's in position to fight any any other top dogs. And yeah, I, you have to think I, it's a contract thing, right? Why the rematch is happening? There had to yeah. be like a, a mandatory. Uh, I mean, a, a media rematch on it. Huh? Yeah, I believe there there was a rematch clause. I I do think I read that somewhere. But okay. point is, this he's in a hot division. He's mm-hmm. entertaining. He's uh, promoted by uh, Marcos Maidana, so there's that effect to it. I- I'm excited as to what 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 I can see from him uh, coming up. I would love to see him and Bam. Uh, you know, I would love to see how Bam reacts to somebody who's coming at him, pushing him around, and and trying to make it a messy, ugly fight, and has no quit and has a good gas tank. I, I really, I'm a big fan of this guy. Yeah, I don't know what promotion he signed with. Um... But I'm pretty sure that he's going to be able to, you know, move around after this fight if he gets this win again. He's with and, Marcos Maidana. No, I know, but is like, is there a network ties? Is there ties to, like PBC? Because you know, like PBC has like this guy will be a promoter with him, but still tied to PBC. So I don't know if, if he's going to be able to move around after. I think I imagine he would be able to. I mean, but, like the thing is, he, he's he, like <laughs> PBC will be be doing really bad business because why would they? hold him back it's not like he's making them you know billions of dollars <laughs> you know yeah no, no no that's true but like you never really seen Ancaius like since he's been with pbc challenge any of like the top 10 guys other than martinez who was kind of like the one that was loose around you know what i mean like he wasn't really you never heard Ancaius like oh he's gonna fight bam or chocolatito or francisco estrada I mean, he has a belt now, so yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I hope so. I hope so. But like I'm saying, because that that division's hot. Like that division. Like I always say that this is the best division of boxing. Francisco Estrada, Gonzalez, uh, Ioka, Rob, Bam Rodriguez, Martinez now, Franco. Which if you uh, watch, listen to the uh, Jake and Lefty show on uh, Twitter every Saturday, I believe yeah. at nine a, nine a.m. Uh, Western time. I don't I don't know where everybody else. Eleven a.m. Eastern. Okay, so maybe nine eight a.m. Then here eight a.m. Western. But if you listen to that show, they give you great information. You will be informed on everything. But one of the things that was dropped slightly, you know, you had to kind of pay attention to it, is a rumor of Franco, who is Bam's brother, fighting Ioka uh, in the, in a, for the title. And that, that is a great fight. And that is uh, number five and number two, according to uh, Fox Live, which I think is, like I was saying, any of the top ten here, is, they're, they're great fights. They're just fantastic fights. So there, there was a rumor that one. So like, the, if he wins this and goes to you know able to go to match room and match with their guys, like there's just you could go pick anyone. There's gonna be a great fight. It's gonna be a war. So I think this is this, this is gonna be an entertaining fight this weekend. Um, what do you think of this, Carlos? Are you do you remember the first one? I'll be honest, Ronald. I don't really know too much about the fight. You guys are yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, it's yeah, it's it's it's, it's it, yeah. It's you, yeah. when you see when you see a guy nah, so know who he is side, and you. Know. Yeah, when you see them get in the ring, you you might remember the first one, but it was the first one was like you know, uh, Ancaius was a, a like a long reigning champ, um, and then this guy comes and takes his belt, and that's the way that this division is. Like this division, like if you get outside the top ten, they're still like very tough. Like it's it's just it's just one of those divisions. It's just a deep deep division. And then what was the other yeah. one we're talking about? Oh, Mean that, Machine, that probably. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, sorry. That that fight that we met you guys are talking about that's also going to be on the zone or yeah or oh no that's going to be, be on, on uh uh the Showtime it's going to be on Showtime 
it'll be a showtime undercard with uh, uh, okay, that, with a fun door. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely turn into that one too. Oh yeah, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. Very good. Right, what do you be- think of the Mean Machine and uh, Mikael Fox? I mean, I'm biased. I, uh, of course, Michael Fox gave me an interview, so I'm definitely rooting for him. Uh, you know, Mean Machine could crack, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And uh, uh, but he's coming off a loss, right? He, that, I, I haven't seen yeah, him. He's coming. He's coming off a of Virgil Ortiz loss. Virgil Ortiz. I haven't seen him since then, so I'm assuming that he's coming off a loss, a knockout loss too. But Michael Fox is coming off a long layoff. I don't know how that affects his body and stuff like that, but I, I'm not going to give a prediction because I got a relationship with Michael, and no matter what I say, if I say if I pick against him, you know, it's kind of bad for the relationship. And if I pick him, people are going to say I'm biased. So I'll just say that it, it's going to be a close fight. So I think, um, like I said, I'll be rooting for Fox too because you know uh, I don't really know him as well as you do, but I I just I did we did see him get robbed uh horribly one of the one of the worst robbers you will see in boxing uh the judge that did rob him was uh found to have racist anti uh uh black uh propaganda i guess on on her facebook or instagram one of those things and and, and yeah and she was uh she was the judge in his fight and the fight that he clearly won i think i don't i don't think you can find any one person that says that he lost that fight um and he kind of just after that kind of was just stuck with not getting an opportunity and he's he got this fight and i think this is actually a really great opportunity for him i think me machine has some name notoriety especially because he fought virgil ortiz and terrence crawford and gave them both i mean competitive fights until the point where he got stopped um i think that me machine's very interesting especially on the pbc side because he's also a good measuring stick for a guy like terrence crawford for a guy like virgil ortiz because he was tough in those fights, but you don't really know how good he is. And it'd be interesting to see him against like mid-level competition on PBC. I think uh, Michael Fox is a very good uh, first opponent for him. Um, I hope Michael Fox wins and I don't hope for a lot of people to win fights, but I do hope Michael Fox wins the fight. I didn't really break it down to say like who, you know, the way I see it playing out. I just think Mean Machine's a very tough opponent. I think that he is almost to the point where he's kind of underrated right now on how good he is. If Michael Fox does pull this out, he might be able, and I think he won the last fight too. He might be able to be, you know, going a little run here at uh, 147 pounds. So I, I'm curious to see how, you know, the how this fight looks and what goes on after it because I think it's interesting if either guy wins. I, I, I hear you saying how good Me Machine is. Is he is he a notable win on Crawford's resume? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not. He's not a notable win. But he could, he might turn into one. He might turn into one if he goes and starts going to run at PVC and starts beating guys. You could turn into one. Nah, I'm just messing with you. Oh, that's funny. Uh, have you ever seen you, you? You familiar with Mean Machine, Carlos? I've only seen the Virgil Ortiz fight, and that was a pretty good fight, obviously, until Virgil stopped him. But I mean, if I had to base that fight, I mean, I've never seen the Michael Fox dude, but how you guys are describing it, I'd probably learn, lean towards the only person that I've only seen fight, which is Mean Machine. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Yeah, <laughs> Mean Machine. Well, that Broadway. Go ahead. No, I was saying that that makes sense. If you never yeah, yeah, yeah. fight, you pick the guy you've seen fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, Me Machine, Me Machine has skill, man. He does. He has. He has power. He's 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 not he's not a bad fighter. Like he's not like one of those yeah. guys where it's like, 
oh, you know, he's a he's a you know, no name who like they just needed to keep uh, Terrence Crawford busy. Maybe they thought that when they put him in there, but then he, he proved to be something a little bit more than that. And against Virgil, he proved the same thing. You know, what I mean, he rocked Virgil at one point in that fight. And he, um, dropped, yeah. he dropped, he dropped, yeah, he dropped him. And it's like he he just he he just losing to the like maybe the best guys in the division. You know what I mean? So, like, it, it's tough to say, like, oh, he's not good. It's like, well, he's losing to the best guys in the division. You know what I mean? But if maybe that mid-level, like I said, like a J- uh, Jamal James, uh, Stan Yonis, uh, Butev, um, I would like to see him fight those type of guys. I would like to see – I think that if he wins this weekend, he's an interesting guy for, like, uh, uh, what's his uh, – Alice. Uh, what's it, what's his uh, first name? Who am I thinking of? Who? who? Uh, Rashidi. Rashidi Alice. Oh, I think he's an interesting opponent for Rashidi Alice. I think he's an interesting opponent for – but possibly boots, you know what I mean? Like the, he's that guy that he's that guy that could be uh, a match. I think he's a very interesting guy for PPC to have because he could be matched very interesting with their opponents, with the guys they have. Yeah, man, just uh, keep him away from uh, Elvis Rodriguez if he moves. Up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever done anything with you, probably, where we talked where Elvis Rodriguez was never brought up, wasn't brought up. Hey man, I, hey man. Th- listen, I'm the voice of Dominican boxing. I brought, I, we, I brought up Garcia, Carlos Adamas, and now Elvis. You know, do you, do you you realize? So you see me though, right? Uh, the the welcoming that I am. That I, I I started off the first topic here. What was my first topic today? It was the the uh, Hector Garcia's career and how today benefited him, right? And I, I gave you the first thirty minutes on it. That, you know what I'm saying? That's why that's why I come on your show because you're you're a Dominican safe uh, place, and uh, you know, so you know, and I, and I never even questioned their age. Like not once was I like, is Hector Garcia really that old? You know what I mean? I never questioned his age once, and I could have. I thought it a few times. I was like, how old is he? Really? You know what I mean? But you, the guy from the boxing voice, what's his name? The main guy, uh, Nesta Gibbs. Is he Dominican? He's Dominican. Yes. Yo, Dominican. He- we run YouTube boxing, but guys. Yeah, he gave Dominicans less time on his show than I do. I just want that to be known right now. He oh, was very negative yeah. about the whole situation. He was uh, he d- downright, honestly, like borderline stereotypical of what Dominican boxers are. Oh, and he- you see, you come here in the, the Ezra podcast, right? Ezra Live. And you see nothing but Dominican love here. No, it's funny, right? You know what's funny? You don't know how many phone calls I got from that interview. Like, yo, what the fuck? Well, who the fuck is this guy? And this that. And some people who knew him was like, yo, I fuck that guy. I'm not. I'm like, damn, man. I'm like, it kind of, it, it kind of like, I don't, I don't want to say too much because you know this is live. But po- point is, a lot of people were upset how the interview went. But I'm like, hey, listen, I, I ain't say, I ain't say it, you know. Like I, I I'm a, I was out there. Def- I'm the one giving Dominicans the most love. Like, oh, let me tell you something. It was negative towards Dominicans on that on that on that uh, on that 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 podcast. It was that that one. I was like, I was pretty eye opening. I thought I was getting phone calls from people. You you you've seen the people I've had on my show. So you yeah, know, yeah. You know, like I'm well connected, and I'm not going to say who was calling me, but I've had multiple people call me, being upset with how the interview went. I'm like, hey, listen, man, like. This is like I I look at my my interviews as like collecting uh, history. Like I I picture my grandson picking up my videos and going, "Oh shit, he interviewed this guy from the boxing voice, and this guy from the boxing voice is this you know big YouTuber. He's the biggest boxing podcaster." So yeah, without a doubt, without a yeah. doubt. So I look at it like that. Like oh, so you know I'm I hey it, it when Dominican boxing was on the rise. 
there was a the biggest boxing podcast. The host was negative on him, and you know, and we'll see we'll see how history treats that. If history is gonna favor him and be like, hey, listen, that that little rise was just a blip in the radar, and we went back to being trash, then that he'll be end up being right. But if if Elvis becomes what I think he's gonna be, Michelle becomes what I think he's gonna be. Hector Luis Garcia continues his run, uh, you know, so on and so forth. It's too many just to name. But if these guys keep continuing being what I think they're going to be, history will prove him wrong. And I'll have him back on the show and be like, hey, listen. And I told him, and I told him on, on the show, listen, I'm going to clip that. I'm going to clip that video of you saying this about X fighter or you saying this about Y fighter. And we're going to reassess in two, three years. I told him that on the show. So this is not me talking behind his back. This is me telling him what I told him on the show. Hey, listen, we're going to see if you're... Hey, listen, if in two, three years they end up becoming bums, never become champion, I'll have him back on the show and tell him, yo, bro, you were right. And I was wrong. And, yeah. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how that plays out. We'll see how it plays out. But just, just I just want people to know that Ezra is a, is a friend to the Dominican. Nah, bro, 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 you were the one who gave me the nickname, the voice of Dominican boxer. Do you remember that? Yes, I remember that. Yeah, bro, I remember that, that. That shit's pretty, that's, that's a pretty hard-ass name, bro. And it Yo, stuck. Bro. Nah. And it turned into something. Beyond sticking, it turned into something bigger. Yeah, I'll, I'll hey, forever bro. be grateful. I'll be forever be grateful. I'll be honest with you. It's something that uh, I never thought it would get to the point where it is where I got people DMing me. I got people contacting me, thanking me, like, bro, thank you so much for what you're doing for us. But, you know, I can, I, 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 I can never get boxing information, Dominican uh, information from Dominican boxes, and it's like, and all this fell on my lap, and then they just started getting all these upsets. Dude, it was a perfect. I told you, like sometimes things are just like perfect timing. That this is literally the perfect timing. Yeah, and like, I, I look at like like I said, look at we talking about Hector Garcia. Like he could literally be undisputed. This is not out of the realm of possi- like of, of reality or of a possibility. Yeah. If he, stays he could in, be undisputed. If he stays in the division two years, he can easily become undisputed. If if and, the ball if the balls bounce the right way. And you're the guy that told me about Dominican boxing, but not only that, you told me you always are telling me about the balance and undisputed. The fact that you would get both together is almost insane. Your head might explode. I'm I'm literally afraid for your head. It might explode. Uh, that might be too good, too good of news for you. And and, and the good thing about Hector, uh, like the best relationship I got with the Dominican boxes is, is definitely Carlos Adamez by by long shot. Me and Carlos, like, like I honestly, I look at him as a friend at this point. But the second I want to say is Hector. Me and Hector got a really good relationship. He picks up the phone every time I call. Uh, he answers. The only thing is, like, when the whole negotiation between Gutierrez and. Uh, <laughs> And uh, and him were going on, yo. I, <coughs> excuse me, this dude. I can tell you, he was never gonna snitch. He was giving me the run around and running around <laughs> and like giving me these half answers and. So, but I get it. He's under negotiations, and I'm a journalist at the end of the day. But uh, no, me and him, we got a really good relationship. So if he could become undisputed. Oh man, that would be amazing for my channel. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah bro, it's pretty cool. 
Yeah, like I was there whenever you know you were called the the boxing guru, and now you know all this shit. You know, it's pretty cool, bro. So yeah, Carlos, Carlos, been, Carlos been with me from the start, bro. I like oh, it. Yeah, I yeah, like yeah, it. Carlos yeah. is loyal, and then now Carlos, I see him on my channel every time I pop up. So now I'm glad yeah, you bro, jumped you on, know, Carlos. I'm glad yeah, you jumped bro, on. Yeah, bro. Just like anytime I get to like you know just talk about boxing or you know even if I don't know like a lot of the fighters and shit, you know just like getting to talk about like you know boxing or. Like hearing you guys, you know what you guys think about these fights. You know, it's always like I like watching that. So, nah, for sure, man. Right, Carlos, hey. I'm gonna I'm put okay. you in the spot, Carlos. I'm gonna put you in the spot. And, and there's no wrong answer. Nobody will get offended. Uh, wh what's your favorite boxing channel? And, and it don't have to be in either of us. I just want to <laughs> like between you two. Yeah. No, between everyone. Yeah. Oh, uh, I mean, like you. I don't really like. I'll be honest, like you guys are like the only ones that I really watch. Like I'm just being honest. I mean, I tried to like getting into like watching the boxing voice whenever I saw you, you guys' uh, podcast. But I mean, obviously, I'm gonna have to say it's uh, you, Broadway, because like you're like one of the only ones I really found out about. But Ezra, like you know, I see a lot of your videos too, bro, and like I, I fuck with your videos as well because you also talk about UFC and like I know more about UFC if I'm being honest. But like, yeah, it's it's pretty cool, man. And uh, if you ever want to look up the boxing rant look that up and just know that i ended their podcast that see what happened the boxing brand is that they got arrogant right that they were doing this and no one was really challenging them and they were having negative opinions about boxing and then i get on twitter right and i call them out and i said you guys are negative about boxing and i don't really like the, the way you attack it right and they started attacking me and started saying that like, oh you're nobody you're just a guy with a microphone and i told michael i might be a guy with only like five viewers right but my content is better than yours and I would willing to have you on, or I'll go on your thing. We can do this. And you know what they do? They pack up and go home. They end their boxing rant. They don't yeah, do bro. cover the boxing anymore. And you know what they do now? They do social satire, That's right? It. They do social satire. They talk about the Oscars. They talk about things because they weren't talking boxing anymore because they knew that people like me and Broadway were coming and we were bringing the heat. And it wasn't no more like I'm talking about something so obscure that no one's ever going to challenge. It was like, no, the competition. Yeah, fix the mic, bro. Yeah, and I didn't really hear what you said. Up, they packed up and went home. That's what yeah. they. Uh, yeah, bro. You, you know what's That's funny? What and, and and I don't want to make it seem like I'm talking shit about people, but uh, this is you just reminded me of a conversation that happened on a, on a Twitter space. I, I was going back and forth with the Diggs brothers, and uh, I, I think it was Ray. I don't remember which brother it was. But I'm pretty sure it was Ray. It, it could have been Richmond, right? I, I think he's he was like, I like I don't know who you are. Like, like I don't follow your YouTube channel. I'm not subscribed. Like, I, I, I like who are you? Like, he was basically like we were debating something. He's basically saying like I'm a nobody because you Bro. you know I'm very confrontational. If you know, I feel like I have a point. You you know me, Ezra. Yeah, yeah. It was one of those situations where they were trying to dismiss my opinion, and I was like, not having it. <clears throat> and so and I, I just remember him saying that. And I said, Don't worry, in a year, you'll know who I am. And like, it hasn't even been a year. And like, the impact I've made is like very significant. It, it uh, is, you definitely little, know who the fuck you are now. It's those little things, like, cause, like, um, you know, like we talked to everyone and we're cool to everyone and stuff like that. But it's those little things, even like might not be towards that person per personally or whatever it is. It's just those little things you hear and like that. They keep you motivated. And some people pack it in from that stuff and they'd be like, get negative because it it's easy to get negative on yourself when you do stuff like this or take some chances like this. 
But when you keep pushing through and persevering, and those, maybe someone told you something like that, you can just kind of keep falling back on that and using that to motivate you. And like I said, look, look where you're at now. Like, there's not a person on boxing Twitter that doesn't know the voice of Dominican boxing. I'm just sorry, there just isn't. They're just if you draw on boxing Twitter, you know who the voice of Dominican boxing. Sometimes is. I hop on these spaces and I'm like, I'm like, oh shit, I, I definitely want to talk about Canelo. Let's say I'm, I'm making something up. Let's say I'm like, damn, I want to talk about this Canelo fucking controversy or whatever that his fight coming up i hop on the space and i'm waiting for my turn to talk and hitman or fucking clever or somebody would be like hey man oh uh, so what's up with hector luis garcia like uh, what's up with, with with you know michelle rivera and i'm like oh like y'all motherfuckers want to talk dominican boxing like <laughs> like hey, they, they almost like kind of like how you did they almost like set the floor for me like no 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 joel's here man like yo uh like let's talk Dominican boxing for a little bit. Like I almost feel like I never, I never wanted to make the space about myself, but I definitely feel like a lot of people, as soon as I hop in, they'll make sure that that all right, let's talk a little bit. Of, let's let's talk about a little bit what he wants to talk about. Even though I'll be like, damn, I wanted to talk about Fury, or I wanted to talk about, you know, Luis Alberto Lopez, or you know, whatever. Uh, so that that's definitely I, I've noticed a difference of shift of how people treat me as soon as i get in the space and it doesn't happen all the time but it happens enough where i notice yeah and that's cool and it's cool because you're bringing attention to like like i said the mega boxer so you're doing exactly what you were kind of shooting out to do you know what i mean i for sure bro like yo it, 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 to the i knew i was making a huge impact when i interviewed the dominican olympic coach and i got his story of how he became the olympic coach and how he was the 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 train the the coach of the junior national team and then he got elevated to the national team just this past olympics and he was telling me how he had this heavyweight who's 21 years old and he said give he's like don't worry give me three four years and you guys are gonna have a really good heavyweight in your hands and like shit like that like if this heavyweight becomes like a gold medalist in the next olympics and a heavy, heavyweight world champion I got the Dominican Olympic coach telling me about him before he's a, he's even a pro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get what I'm saying? So it's yeah. like, and he's telling me everything he did and how he be, how he got to Dominican Republic. And I'm like, okay, I'm doing something more than just I'm 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 documenting a time in history where Dominican boxing is changing, and I'm getting it at, at, at its infancy. And um, yes. And, and and as Dominican boxing goes, so so will I. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like I said, you cover everything, so like it's not even like uh, you, you, that. That's for sure. You're bringing a lot of attention to that. But you, you, like I said, you can talk anything. We talked everything today. That's that's what I like too about it. It's wide ranging. That's why I think that uh, on the boxing voice, I think that they they had a, maybe a misunderstanding of what you did, and that's why I always kind of bring that too because like. You know, people might try to put you in like a corner and be like, "Oh, it's just what this guy does. It just covers this one specific thing." No, he's a he's an expert in that point, and he's got more information on that than probably most anyone else to cover in the sport. But he covers everything in the sport, so that that's good to get that out there too, just so you know. Uh, well rounded. The, the yeah, no, nah, for, sure, for sure. I mean, I, I, as of late, to be honest, I've been I've been documenting a lot of Dominican, just only Dominican, as of late. Although I did have that while the skills podcast the other day, but um, no, for the most part, man, yeah, yeah, like I, I'm, I, I cover everything. I talk about everything 
then my interviews though are mostly just Dominicans. Yeah. 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 Well, it's, it's dope. I like where you I, I like the uh definitely the direction you're going right now, man. Uh, I appreciate you, I appreciate you hopping on today. Like I, I, I said, I, I, uh, I know you ending it. Uh, not God, bro. Oh no, I was just saying, like like I said, the uh Mondays are now my the Ezra live days. You know why? Because that fits Broadway's schedule. That's Broadway's that's big time Broadway right there. You <laughs> like, hey, but this this fits my schedule. I was like, oh, okay, well then let me start doing lives today. You know what I mean? That's that big time right there. That's that big time right there. No, no, but before you before you drop drop me uh uh and, and the live, I just want to say, man, I'm proud of you, man. You, you I, I thank you. You're still doing your thing. Uh you have you know unique takes and you're not scared to fucking stand on your own too and defend them whether it be on twitter whether it be on a space or whether it be on your youtube channel and never change bro and uh just know you always support you're always gonna have my support you're somebody again you get the nickname voice of dominican boxing and uh uh again there's a reason me and you still have a relationship and it's not just i i I see potential in you and all you got to do is just continue to keep grinding and and stay true to you and trust me you'll blow up man hey man i appreciate it like i said i appreciate you taking your time to uh, hop on the space and carlos you too man i appreciate it i appreciate you listening i appreciate you hopping on Uh, for sure anyone that listens honestly like anyone that comments or listening right now you can hop on whenever like even if you feel like like carl says sometimes like i don't know if i you guys are talking about or whatever it is don't be like i'm not gonna be like I, I know that some pages will do that to you. I know some YouTubers will do that to you. I know some Twitter accounts will do that to you. They'll try to put you down. They'll try to be like, oh, you're not this or whatever. I ain't doing that. If you don't know someone, yeah. then just say you don't know no one. I'll fill, I'll yeah, fill like, it in the story from that point. Like, I'm mad enough to admit, like, I'm kind of a casual when it comes to boxing, but I still like like seeing all the other fights and like are, seeing, you know, your you guys' perspective. Are you a you fan know? of it, right? What do you Carlos? mean? Are you a fan of boxing, though, right? Yeah, I'm a fan of boxing. That, sure. That's all that matters to me. That's all that yeah. matters. That honestly matters. I, I, I'm, to me, I'm trying to talk to. I'm trying to talk to, and I don't even really think you're a casual because if you take the time to listen to me and Broadway, Appreciate there's it. no damn way you could be a casual to listen to boxing. Okay, the casual oh, yeah. does not gonna take the time to listen to a podcast about boxing. Okay, so that, yeah. I, that to me, I think that term gets thrown around too lightly now. But I, I want to reach everyone. If you have just a, the slight knowledge of boxing, listen to my podcast. I'll fill you in on the rest. And that's sure, what the, the thing. So any. And anytime you want to come on your cars, don't be afraid. Like, I don't know these guys. Just be like, get on here and be like, I don't know these guys. Now, this is my opinion on something. Or what do you guys think about this situation? Yeah, I'll answer it. And I know Broadway will, too. Like, I have no problem with that. And I don't want people that are listening to be like, oh, you know, I can't talk to this. Yes, you could. You definitely could. And then especially on MySpace, you could. I I know other people, like I said, they want to be right or they want to uh, put people down to make themselves feel. That's not what this is. Okay, this is to bring attention to the fighters, the, the fight this weekend. This is to bring attention to the sport that I love and to bring attention to a sport that I followed my whole life. I'm not trying to, like I said, I love being right, but I'm not trying to put people down to boost my ego. And I, listen, I only have about yeah. three or four or five consistent viewers. Ain't no ego being boosted here. So I just exactly. want to give the knowledge out. Yeah. I, I Carlos, but don't call up my show. Not knowing no Dominican. <laughs> <laughs> nah, bro. At this point, I know all the Dominican fighters, bro. I see you That's all the true. time. I already know. I like. I only found out about all the through you, bro. I know these dudes, man. I'll be honest with you. Like, I only know like probably like twenty five percent of the Mexican fighters. I know one hundred percent of yeah. all the Dominican fighters that are. Yeah, bro. At this point, I know all the Dominican <laughs> fighters, bro. All right, guys. Hey, I appreciate you guys coming on. Follow Broadway Joe. Broadway, you want to do a little quick? You know, yeah, where man. to find you at? 
on Twitter at underscore Broadway Joel on Instagram Broadway Joel and definitely go hit the subscribe button on my YouTube channel Broadway Joel. Uh, uh, Carlos, thank you for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Like I said, anytime. Sure, and I'm gonna bro. put this I'm thing behind on. me. Uh, where you can find me at Ezra Podcast on YouTube. Of course, you're watching me, so just hit the subscribe and the like. I'm also on Apple. I'm also on Spotify. Uh, so if you listen, sure, like you just audio only, hop on there and my Twitter. Thank you guys for joining me. Peace right. out. Peace. Yeah, yeah.